Hi, you're listening to episode five of the Gamer Sushi Podcast. I'm Eddie. I'm Anthony. I'm Jeff. I'm Mitch. And I'm Nick. And uh, this is a few weeks after our big, big, huge, stinking E3 podcast that we did. Um, what was it? Two or three weeks ago now. Um, so it's been interesting few weeks. There's actually been little to no video game news. Um, so the world of gaming has been kind of slow, at least from where I sit. That's the way it seems. Um, everything just, it's just funny going to video game sites right now because everything is, there, I mean, there's nothing there. It's kind of hilarious. Like, what was it on Kotaku? The guy posted a video of his kid, like, playing with his iPhone? Yeah, or, or like, somebody took an ar- article about how some guy couldn't kill buffaloes in Red Dead and made that into a news post. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what is going on? Um, but anyway, so... Despite all that, we're still here. We're going to be talking some video games, what we're playing, um, a few community questions, um, and and a little bit of video game news that, that's come out kind of in the last few weeks. Uh, but first, we'll start with what everyone's playing. Jeff, do you want to go first? Yeah. The main thing that I've been playing the past uh, week or so is actually Bayonetta. And basically, it went on sale at a low enough price point that I was finally willing to pick it up and buy it. Um, Gamefly has like ridiculous used sales every once in a while, and so I picked it up for fifteen bucks. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I don't. It's funny because I don't use Gamefly to rent games. I didn't. I didn't <laughs> like their rental service. It never really like gelled for me. But because I still have a membership, I'm not sure if you have to have like a, an account or a former membership to buy from them. But anyways, yeah, I still like hear about their sales, and I've gotten a couple things. Like I got. Bayonetta for fifteen bucks, and I got Mad World for like seven or something stupid like that. Um, for you guys that don't know, Jeff is kind of our resident um, video bargain game. hunter. Yeah, bargain, bargain hunter. Bargain hunter. Yeah. Well, I, my thing is like, my logic is if I can find it for a decent price on sale, then I have something that I can trade in after I'm done playing it. Um, when I was trying to do Gamefly, I was just like stressing out over the fact that I had like I had to finish the game quickly enough. I think I didn't really enjoy Metroid Prime Three because I was pissed off that I wasn't able to beat it fast enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's why you didn't enjoy it. I I think I enjoyed it less because <laughs> of that. I think I think like near the end when you have to do all the backtracking, that really got on my nerves. That's more a than Metroid I think, game though. I know it's a Metroid game, but it got on my nerves more because I felt like I wanted to get it done. I, I think if I, I had been able to that. put it, you know, so if I had you been get able your to get your value it out of the GameFly rental, what's that? So that you can get your value out of the rental and get your next game. Like that's yeah, why yeah, exactly. Pressure. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, and and I say that I've been a Netflix member since like 2002, so obviously I have no problem with rental by mail. But for some reason, the the economics of of renting video games just it didn't make sense to me. I think part of it was that, like... <laughs> well, you can finish a movie in a night. I mean, you can finish yeah. two movies in a night. Also, with Netflix streaming, the whole game has changed. I mean, that's just... That's that's a killer app. That's the killer app of movies. Right, right. Is Netflix Well, streaming. I think, you know, the other thing that ended up happening was that, like... You know, I filled out my queue like I would a, a Netflix queue. I'm like, okay, well, here's the 30 games that I want to mm-hmm. play. Which but, you can't do. Yeah. Which you can't do, which basically it feels like you have to hack their system in a way, or you have to trick their system to get the games you want. Mm-hmm. You basically have to put like the one game you want to play on your queue, and then they'll have to send it to you. Exactly. Um, 
you know, whereas it, when I was using it like I was used to on Netflix, I'd get like the fifth or sixth game down my list and be like, you know, how is this what I wanted at all? This wasn't what I wanted to play right now. Except sometimes so, you accidentally get Wolverine and it's actually an amazing game. So that happens. True. But Or, well, you know, the other thing I ended up doing was I rented like Oblivion. Which, you know, which duh. was a yeah, huge mistake. Terrible mistake. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean I rented it, I paid the keep me price, and then I ended up doing that for a couple games and I was just like, I should just buy these games. Yeah. In, you know, At instead that point, of yes. Right, right. So it never worked for me, but the sales are great. So so Bayonetta, sort of to circle back to the original topic there, was a game that I had wanted to play because I mean I I played the demo. It seemed cool enough. It, some of the, the fighting in the demo, like the very first thing you're thrown into in the demo is really frantic, and it's really hard to figure out what's going on. It's about the same in the game, but it sells itself a little bit better as you go on. I don't know. I, I liked the demo enough that I wanted to check it out, but I knew I wasn't going to want to spend like 50 bucks on it to play it because I wasn't sure. Because it seems like those, those, um, that genre of games can be hit or miss. Like, I mean, yeah. Eddie, you were you were telling me your reaction to God of War was that it felt like you were just hitting the triangle button constantly. Or the square button, yeah. Or the square button, yeah. Just hitting the same button over and over again just to kill every monster. And I think Bayonetta does a good job of making it so that you have to play with a strategy. The, the first... I, I'm on the, the fifth level now. And so I've been playing it for probably four or five hours. And the first few levels, they're, they're pretty, they're not too steep. It's pretty easy to get into the, the gameplay style and sort of get a hang of the timing. But by the fourth level, it was really starting to kick, kick my ass. Like, it's a tough game. So after. it's almost like a Ninja Gaiden and then, like, the difficulty? Well, see, like, I feel like Ninja Gaiden ramps up the difficulty way sooner than that, though. Hmm. Like, I think, I think Bayonetta did a good job of sort of slowly ramping it up. But it is really... So ba- basically, the way the game is broken up is that there's like a big boss every four levels, and that first big boss was, I think, as hard as a game-ending boss that, that oh, you wow. might play. But but it was but it, I've played Ninja Gaiden, and that Ninja Gaiden was not fun to play because it was so ridiculously impossible. And I don't know, Bayonetta is tough, but I feel like it's achievably tough. And I'm starting to figure out that like. I really do need to learn the moves, and I really do need to, because one of one of the, I mean, I, I use the moves, but like, as the game goes on, you need the moves more and more because the enemies are so fast and so tough that if you're not doing combo moves, you're going to get your ass kicked. Don't you like fight with your hair? Yeah, yeah. Her, <laughs> yeah. She has well, living your, hair. Your hair is your suit as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and then uh, so twist. when you attack with your hair, you get a little more naked. And I it's feel dirty. Ver- it's very uh, PG thirteen. It's very PG thirteen nudity. It's not like you don't really ever see her actually naked. It's really more like her hair turns into a swimsuit, and then or you know it swirls around the important bits. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I wonder. All, I wonder how. I wonder how Jen would react to me playing something like that because she always makes fun of like video game chicks because. And nearly every like it's funny because I never really noticed it a whole lot before. But then I got married, and she would just sit there watching me play video games, and she would be like, "How come every single girl in every single game has like no clothes on?" 
you know. <laughs> and right. so I'm like, that's I mean, probably a game I don't know if I could play in front of her without getting commentary. <laughs> well, it's it's pretty it's it's pretty campy sometimes. And so the thing that I was not expecting, because the demo doesn't really give you any of this from what I remember, it has like a lot of cutscenes. A lot of cutscenes, like three or four minute long cutscenes. And the plot is completely like anime incomprehensible like think of like the most absurd anime with like a campy seven foot tall you know sexy librarian <laughs> as the main character <laughs> it's, it's it's hilarious though and I, I don't know there's this one move that i got where she break dances and so you spin around and as you're spinning the guns on your boots shoot enemies and then once you finish spinning she poses for the camera <laughs> And the first time I did it, I just laughed and laughed, and it was ridiculous. But yeah, I don't know. It, it is actually like a surprisingly, I think it's a pretty fun game. Um, I actually, you know, despite the fact that there are a lot of cutscenes, I think they kind of add to the humor of it, and they're not, they're not driving me crazy at this point. Um, it, it also kind of, another criticism, Eddie, you were, you were talking about with God of War was that you felt like it was like wall-to-wall action all the time. And so that's sort of the way Bayonetta handles that is that instead of giving you like nonstop fighting scenes, it breaks it up with cutscenes and a few and a few parts where you're just wandering around and it's not as intense. But so it, it sort of helps balance it out so you're not just overwhelmed. But I'm definitely starting to get to the point where the thing that sucks is that you need to get these little halo things to buy better weapons and buy better moves. And I never can do well enough on the level to actually get the award to get the better weapon. Oh, so I'm still, I'm, yeah, I'm still fighting with the same original weapon, and I've only been able to buy a few moves. And it's getting to the point where I actually really need to do better at the levels, or else I will just keep on getting ruined. Like the more I play it. Uh, nice. <laughs> but yeah, so that I, it's fun. I actually would recommend it if it's still on sale on GameFly. I don't know how long because I bought it like two weeks ago. It's hard for me with those. Um, like, I just don't really get into the, to those kinds of games very much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like God of War. Like, that's the thing. It's like I played God of War three, and I I played it for a few hours, and I recognized like I'm like I see why people would like this, but I just something about it, like just that style of game, like it never really grabs me. That's why I was so surprised that I liked Wolverine so much because I was like, this game isn't like a a great game, but for some reason I'm having so much fun playing it. Yes, yeah, so I think something it, it's something about either we identify with that character or just the, the the lunge mechanic. I think really the lunge mechanic is what makes it so much fun. Like being able to lock on to an enemy and just go flying through the air and decapitate them. That See, that's was why the, I got that boring was the best me, part of I could the just game. do that. I could just do that over and over again, and and that's why I got bored with the game. See, so that's funny. I it's was funny really that Wolverine up until that point. Huh. See, it's funny that you, that Wolverine bored you, but I mean, you you've said you really like God of War. I, I had the same conversation with Eddie that we need to trade brains, so he'll like God of War, and I'll like Wolverine more. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like because I I mean I I've played the first God of War, and I'm kind of stuck at a point where the enemies are getting too tough, and I I there's not a checkpoint soon enough for me to not mm-hmm. get yeah. really frustrated. Like I, I'm basically on a stretch where like. I'm stuck uh, where I can't get past the like six groups of battles that I need to to get to a checkpoint. So I haven't played God of War in like a month because of it. But um, now Bayonetta I, is from the guy who made the original Devil May Cry, right? 
Right, and I've never and played I, Devil. I've never played Devil May Cry, so I can't compare. I mm. I played Devil May Cry. It, the first one is the best one. It was the perfect level of difficulty I've ever played in a game. It was hard as hell, but it wasn't so hard that you ever got frustrated. And um, that's why I was really excited to play Bayonetta. But then the demo didn't grab me. But I may have to go ahead and give it a second chance because from what you said, it sounds pretty interesting. So. I love yeah, Devil I think, May Cry. Yeah, yeah I, first lot. one was so good. A lot. I, I feel like it does a. I, I'm not to the point where I want to like throw my controller at the wall. I'm just getting concerned at how much tougher it has become. You know, I feel like I need to step up my game to keep being able to play it. So we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. But I mean, for what I paid for it, hey, I'm happy. <laughs> now, Nick, was it you that I was talking to about about um, like when games are perfect? And Anthony, it sounds like you were just getting to this with Devil May Cry, but like. Um, I think it was Nick that I was talking to about like games are are perfect when you feel like things are going so nuts that you feel like it's just about to come mm-hmm. off the rails. You yeah, know? we were talking about that. One of the things that I loved about like Prince of Persia, or not even necessarily that game, but Spider Man Two was Spider-Man the one we talked about. Assassin's Creed at times. Uh, Uncharted Uncharted Two. Uncharted Two, kinda, but I mean it was a little bit different, but. Because it wasn't quite, I mean, there were the little platforming bits, but I'm talking of, of like games where you are chained together ridiculousness and you were about to lose control all the time, but you're able to keep it together just enough mm-hmm. is some of the most fun in gaming. Like that happens pl- with me with like Mario sometimes. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I could see that with Mario too. Yeah, especially like yeah, I know what you're talking about. Or Sonic. See, Sonic. Mm-hmm. Sonic was like was probably that was why I, I probably was addicted to it as a kid was because of that mechanic because of that like I'm about to lose control at every second but I'm not and this is fun. That was my problem with Mirror's Edge is they didn't allow yes. me to to do that. They kept putting walls in front of me. Where I could not just chain stuff together, but yeah, right, yeah. The, it, when in Mirror's Edge, when you build up momentum and you can just run as you know and, and do a bunch of stuff, it's that's awesome. when it got really fun. But it's then when awesome. they would slow it down, yeah, you'd be like, I want to be moving fast again. Yeah, there was there was moments of Mirror's Edge that I was just like, I can't believe I just did that. It was ridiculous. It was awesome. I want to do it again. Oh, I got to go open a door and shoot people, and now I'm just like not really into it right now. I, yeah, just on the subject of Mirror's Edge, I feel like anybody that got frustrated with it should try the time trials because that is like the purest form. Like I, I, I beat the game and then I bought it because it was like really cheap and started playing the time trials and those are really addictive to play. Like right. I think you might actually enjoy it. Not that you're going to go get a copy of it now, but right. still. Are they, are they doing a Mirror's Edge too? <laughs> oh yeah. It, I mean it's sold well enough. I think okay. it wasn't well, a huge seller, but it was sold at least as good as Dead Space, right? My, I don't know. I thought it was one of those they said that maybe they weren't going to do it because yeah, it was pretty. Heard that it was too. kind of a disappointment. I thought I had heard that that there might not be a Mirror's Edge too. Really? Yeah, because well, it was when EA was trying to. Um, well, no, I'm just reading in a 2009 interview. They said that there is a sequel to Mirror's Edge in production, but I hear it's going to be probably vastly different. Well, well it, those are those are the Battlefield guys, so their games make enough money that they can justify a Mirror's Edge too. In any case, well, I I, I feel like <clears throat> hopefully it'll be an Assassin's Creed too. That's what I was I was just about to say, Jeff. You took my right. point. Where they can fix the mechanic. Yeah, where they where they you take know, the yeah. It's like a, a, a Assassin's Creed or Mirror's Edge 
is the is the what is the the beta test or the, uh, the oh, alpha version? Yeah, or uh, what is it? The proof of concept. Proof of concept. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mitch. The there proof of concept for the actual game that will be Mirror's Edge two. Deal. Yeah, and then hopefully the, they'll they'll manage to hit on, you know what it what it takes to um, really really get that feeling of flowing and 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 getting the because when the game is fun it's really fucking fun it's just you hit a wall so often mm-hmm. you know yeah you know what I've always and maybe this is just me but like you know the in Modern Warfare two when you you know you throw on and you're playing multiplayer and you throw on marathon and you can sort of sprint as fast as you can with the knife and everything and run yes. around killing people that was more fluid than Mirror's Edge was sometimes and I know you're not tumbling over stuff and jumping and everything but if they could sort of combine some of that with what they did in Mirror's Edge I think they might um, be more successful because I sort of have more fun doing that in Modern Warfare two than I do anything else. Well, Mirror's Edge to me like was that it's most fun when it rem- like there was it would be that thing where it would tap into like that sweet spot that mm-hmm. you know I was talking about earlier where like you feel like everything's just yeah everything's just about to come off the rails and you're only you're just reacting mm-hmm. um, and it would remind me of Mario sixty four actually um, a lot kind of what you were saying earlier about like Mario sometimes is like that for me Mario sixty four always hit that sweet spot because I got in that game where I could just do everything like instantly and it didn't mm-hmm. matter what was in front of me. Right. Yeah, and Jeff mentioned earlier with Uncharted, there like where the helicopter's chasing you. Mm-hmm. That that's yes. kind of that feeling. Yeah. Where yeah. it's just it's it's bliss. Like it's just that's perfect. Yeah, I think when I was talking to you, Nick, there was there I was telling you about like Spider Man two. Yeah. There was one boss fight. I can't remember which boss fight it was, but there was one boss fight where stuff's blowing up and you're swinging around away from something, and it's just so chaotic. And it was like I was barely able to keep control on it where like my roommate was watching me play it and he was like how are you doing all that and i'm like yeah. i don't know <laughs> like because it just well, looked so out of control to him there was that one boss fight where mysterio took over the statue of liberty and had to swing all the way on those like flying saucers or whatever and you had to keep yourself aloft the entire time and you eventually swung all the way up to the top of the statue of liberty and to like swing back and forth between that that's kind of one of those things in that game too yeah just oh, yeah. trying to keep everything going yeah it's interesting. I really loved that game, but I don't really remember anything about it. Good deal. Well, I think moving along, um, Mitch, you know, actually reviewed um, Transformers this week, so I wanted to hear a little bit about that. What you've been playing? Uh, yeah. So pretty much been playing uh, two things mostly. Transformers, like you said, I reviewed it. I gave it a B, which I think is a pretty f- uh, fair score because I mean. I don't know. I think I sort of contradict myself when I say like it's an average first-person shooter, but it's cool because you can transform. It's sort of like that doesn't really make sense when I say it out loud, but it, but it's like if it if you took out the robots and the transforming, then you just have an average third-person shooter. So like whatever. But the fact that you can transform into a car, hit a jump, transform in midair, melee a flying guy, and then transform again on the ground and drive away. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what pretty I want to hear. Yeah, that sounds that's kind of pretty, appealing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty rad that you can do that. I mean, it's like, it it looks like the classic, like, Generation 1 Transformer cartoon. And you're on Cybertron, and it's the good versus evil. You start as the Decepticons. Like, the campaign starts as as Megatron trying to take over the space station. And Starscream is actually an Autobot. Like, that's how far back the campaign (gasps) takes place. Yeah, I know. Wow. (laughs) You need to calm down. (laughs) <laughs> Starscream is my favorite and I love him because he's cowardly he can't be an Autobot yeah he's my favorite well, too because he, he had the awesomest so, voice 
<laughs> yes, he did. Oh. <laughs> who was like also he was also uh, Cobra Commander, same actor. Yes, and I loved him for that too. Oh. Anyway, I'm sorry, Mitch. Go ahead. I'm so totally sorry. No, I, I fully expect you guys to geek out about Transformers at some point. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, the campaign. The campaign's pretty good on both sides. You start Decepticon, then go to Autobots. Um, it's pretty good the entire way through. Like I mentioned in my review, they do steal set pieces from each other. Like at the end of the, both campaigns, you fight the giant boss, and there's a one aerial mission, and there's a couple missions where you're trapped in like a Cybertronian sewer. So, I mean, it starts to repeat itself, but it's fun enough that you want to play it the entire way through. So, I give it my recommendation. Uh, multiplayer, I didn't like too much but uh escalation mode which is sort of like nazi zombies where you take on harder waves of robots yeah, that is mode. good times yeah that's good times did you do that's any interesting. did you do any three-player co-op i did not i did uh, okay. two-player co-op with uh one of my buddies but i didn't do any three-player okay it's interesting most of what i hear about the game is actually about the multiplayer so it's interesting that you didn't like it as much because yeah i keep hearing great things about because it's kind of like isn't it kind of class-based um um uh, yeah it it's kind of like uh, Call of Duty or Battlefield where it's class-based and you uh, unlock perks and stuff to use with your uh, setup. And I guess the reason I didn't get into it is because I've just done that grinding uh, to get better abilities so many times that it's just one more game with that thing. I wasn't really interested in it. I mean, some people <laughs> would like it, but I've kind of had enough of that whole thing. So yeah, It's also interesting that, they, that it has a horde mode. I, I was talking to somebody about this that it's funny how much of a staple horde mode has become just in the last few years. Yeah. Like, everybody's got a horde mode now. Um, was when, that Gears of War? Because it's that fun. That? Gears 2. Yeah, Gears, Gears 2. 2. Which is interesting because, you know, Gears Gears 1 did the... Um, no, maybe I wasn't talking to someone. Maybe it was uh, Penny Arcade that wrote about this, that Gears 1 had the cover mechanic. Um, that's now like in everything. Yeah. That's now in everything. Now, granted, other people have done it better, like Rainbow Six Vegas um, and, and Uncharted 2, you know, have done it maybe better. Um, but now it's it's just like a staple, and then Gears Two came along, and now every multiplayer game has a horde mode um, variant of some kind, which mm-hmm. you know arguably other games have done a little bit better. You know, so it's just interesting that it's like a staple of multiplayer now. I wonder what Gears Three will bring to the table. I think the big thing is Gears Three mode. is four player co op. So why don't they do well, that the beast in the mode? Um, yeah, the beast mode, horde mode from the perspective of the locust. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, isn't that Left for Dead though? Yeah. yeah, that's true. So, yeah. uh, Mitch, how's I know we talked about this before you played the game, but how was the the banter and the voices and stuff? I mean, minus Optimus, who's obviously going to be awesome. What is Starscream's voice like? Is what he's asking. <laughs> <laughs> um, Starscream's voice is pretty similar to his uh, the one in the cartoon. Okay. Okay. Good. For, for my yeah, I mean all the vo- all the voices are pretty good. The banter is good. Like Megatron is a sarcastic jackass, which fits him pretty well. Um, Soundwave actually sounds like he's supposed to instead of the Transformers Two movie where he sounded like Doctor Claw from <laughs> Inspector Gadget. Oh man, um, I watched Inspector Gadget the other day, by the way, and it is terrible. Okay, keep going. <laughs> I hadn't watched. I'm so glad forever. you told me that because I was really gonna buy it. Well, no, it's on Netflix streaming, and I was like, I'll just watch an episode, and I was like, Oh my god, this is so bad. Was it? Oh, really you mean of the series? Bad? You're not. You're not talking talking about the movie. You're talking about the series. The series, yeah, the series. Well, there's some things you can't go back and watch yeah, like that because there's an illusion that you've built up in your yeah, mind, and it's I not. Know, it's not what it was when you were six. I know. You know? Transformers yeah. well, is not that, by the way. I went back and I watched no. Transformers, and it's actually still really badass. So. 
Oh, of course. Yeah. God, I miss freaking Saturday morning cartoons. Can yeah, I say that? We all do. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what? Yeah. Just a quick tangent about a cartoon. You know, you remember that cartoon, James Bond Jr.? Yes. I no. never saw the end of it because I always had to leave for school. I never once saw the end of any episode. <laughs> I've watched like 50 of them. <laughs> That's terrible. I, never, I know. I wanted to be sick one day, but then when I was sick, I wouldn't wake up early to watch it. <laughs> uh, you, you, had a, you had a traumatic childhood. <laughs> I did. You know, every Saturday, I would get up and I would, I would get our, you know, because my dad had like a VCR that he would record. Thing. Well, my dad had two VCRs and he would record rated R movies with them that he printed from the store. Um, that's, so we had like I Rainbow 3 and Predator. And maybe it was a Hispanic thing. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I think it is. <laughs> but no, so I would get one of his VCRs and I would set it to record different channels all day and I would record the Mario mm-hmm. show. Uh, oh, yeah. Cap- the Mar- Cap- I remember I the that. Mario show was the first show, right? Yeah. yeah. And, I would record- and, and you know, Mar- the Mario show is on streaming, by the way. Yeah, it is. Really? I, I can't watch it. I won't watch no, it because I'm like, it's don't. probably terrible. Oh, I know it's terrible. Uh, <laughs> then there was it Captain was so, it was so N weird. and stuff. It was weird. Right? Yeah, I would watch Captain, Captain N, N, and then there was, a, there was a Superman show on CBS, and I would record that. And I think that when Pirates of, Pirates of Dark Water was on, I would record that. Was, was that, that was Saturday morning, or was that afternoon? Yeah, that was it Saturday was, morning. Was okay, okay. Do you, do you know what show is still good that I, I actually want to watch? Pirates of Dark Water. X-Men. Well, X-Men. Batman. Batman, of Batman. course. Oh, animated yeah, series. Yeah. Dude, I just sold all my Batman animated series DVDs. What's wrong what? with you? Are they on Blu-ray or did you just get no, rid of No, they're not on Blu-ray. I, I just kind of got rid of them. <sighs> You're a bad person. Well, because I actually, I actually really like the Justice League cartoons that have come out more recently. Yeah, actually, those are, those, are, those, are, those are badass. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to give away, because I had the super, all the Superman series and I had all the Batman the animated series. But the Justice League cartoons were like more up to date and they were they look better and they're actually really cool. So I was like, I'll give away these other ones and I'll keep these for like when I have kids. Nice. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, eventually Batman will be on streaming. So oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah. So then you just watch it there. You guys need to let me know when they get like the original He Man on screen on streaming because that will be when I totally freak out. Because He Man before like Ninja Turtles was my obsession. He Man, well, I don't think it was on Saturday mornings. I think it was just on every day. And I had all the action figures. I had Castle Grayskull and Snake Mountain. You had Castle Grayskull? Oh, wow. I'm Castle Gr- like the hu- like you're talking about the Man. huge Castle Grayskull. Yes. Wow. I had the castle. I had the castle. Yeah. Oh, wow. We had to open the, the door with the key and everything, with the did, sword. Listen, did anyone yeah. have the aircraft carrier from G.I. Joe? Do no. you remember the aircraft carrier? No, I had a friend, though, that had the freaking Technodrome from Ninja Turtles. Well, like yeah, the, the Technodrome yes. was awesome. The huge yeah, I had a friend Technodrome. with that, too. But yeah. I think the aircraft carrier was like six feet long. It was well, like I had a friend huge. who had all the G.I. Joe vehicles, and he had the aircraft carrier. It was huge, it, right? Yeah, it was bigger than his bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that thing must have been like, what, $1,000? I mean, how did it was? I, I don't know. His Four? dad made a lot of money, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. All right. Well, anyway, so Mitch, you've also been playing Crackdown Two, which came out today. Yes. Yeah, I went. I went and, and no jokes. I went and uh, rented it at lunch, and then brought it back and played it before my lunch was up because I I work like five minutes from my apartment. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So I drove home and did that. Um, I never played the first Crackdown, which I guess is kind of a blessing in this case because the reviews <laughs> I'm reading um, says it's mostly the same city. <laughs> Like almost one hundred percent the same. Oh no, it is. Yeah, it's uh, exactly the same city. Just from the demo, I can tell it's the same. Yeah, it is the same. Okay, so I guess there is basis in that for the reviews, but um, I don't know. I'm enjoying it so far. 
I mean, I've, I think I've collected like 50 agility orbs. Like the the uh, announcer or whatever that guy is keeps saying, like, go do this, do this mission agent. And I'm like, you know what? I'll do that. I'll do that later, man. I got to collect some orbs. And I'll, I'll like sit around punching zombies purposely to raise my strength skill. So now I can lift cars and throw it at people. Yeah, there you go. See, <laughs> yeah, I did in, that. <laughs> in the first game, I drove around with a car and I ran over people. And isn't that how you did it? You would run over people? Run over gang members, yes. Yeah, I would run over gang members, and I did that for like two hours straight, so I could get my car <laughs> level all the way up. It was a very yeah, eddy can... thing to do, but I was like, I wanted everything max. <laughs> well, you, no, you can do, what I did you can do that in this one too. Like the streets and sorry, Eddie, the streets at night get like clogged with zombies, so you can just take a car and just like power slide through like twenty of them. That sounds fun. See what I yeah. did is I found a stretch on a beach in the first crackdown. There was a stretch on the beach that had a few hills, and I would just jump the hills. Over and over and over and do flips, and I would I went back up and down the beach, jumping the hills for like an hour and a half. I did, I did a little bit of that, but I found that running over people was better. <laughs> <laughs> I've always found that. Yeah. It's so, just an everyday so, life. Mitch, Sadism. the one thing that I've I've read about Crackdown Two that concerned me a little bit. I, I mean, I don't think I'm going to buy it. I'm going to wait until it gets really cheap. But uh, the guy was saying that because there are so many zombies. That he feels like he always, he was feeling like he always kept got busy on the ground shooting things, where when Crackdown really sings is when you're jumping over buildings instead of running around shooting people. Like uh, getting up I'd, high is what makes Crackdown really cool. Yeah, right? Like jump, jump, jumping up on top of buildings. It's like Assassin's Creed. You, yeah, you well, it, was like, it was powerful. like a, it was like an open world platformer more than any yeah, other game yeah. I've played. Well, yeah, you, when you're on the ground in Crackdown, I always felt like I was vulnerable. Like, I could, you know, like, I still was pretty powerful, and I still could probably, like, you know, just just blow up people. But right. when I was up on rooftops, I, it was my domain, and I could do whatever I wanted to. Like, I, I was mo- much more powerful than everyone else on top of rooftops. So. But, yeah, so that's what I've read is that because of, I guess, because of the new enemies, you almost get stuck on the ground because you get like distracted fighting them. I mean, what do you think so far, Mitch? Um, so far, I don't find that's true. I mean, they're they're freaking zombies. It's not like uh, it's hard to get away from them. I mean, there's a lot of them, but they don't chase you up walls or anything. So if you want to, you can maybe just dive down into the group, kill a few of them, and then bound away, and you're off no problem. During the daytime, though, that's when it gets difficult to climb because the uh, the human enemies are like really aggressive and like almost. So trying to climb buildings while they're shooting at you is sort of a wasted exercise because they'll take your health down before you're able to get to the top and away from them. So at night, against zombies, no problem. During the day against humans, it's kind of a little more difficult to get up. Well, one thing that I read about it that kind of concerned me, because, yeah, it's kind of gone from buy to rent within the last few days, just from what I've read. And one of the things that I read was saying that, like, um, it sounded like they had taken, they had kept the same stuff because I was, you know, I didn't, I didn't care if it was Crackdown one point five in the sense that it like because I just loved Crackdown, so I'd be fine playing more Crackdown. But what what I read that bothered me was that it was like it they they kept the stuff that was good from Crackdown, but the stuff that they tried to fix they didn't replace with anything better. They just replaced with stuff that was just as broken, or they um, just took out features. Yeah, almost. they just removed features, even some good features they removed. Um, yeah, see, I, I didn't play the first one, so I can't comment on that. I heard they took out transforming vehicles. Oh, those were so cool. Oh, yeah, that was so those you could are get gone. in it, and then it would get all buffed up. That was fun. 
you, you you can glide like a flying squirrel though. That's new. Once you get to the the max level for agility, uh, I think so. Yeah, isn't that just like nice. uh, prototype? Prototype. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or Which also has zombies. <laughs> See. Yeah, I'm kind of getting tired of zombies. Even and though, games. even though the that was the most fun part of prototype, anything that reminds me of prototype just puts a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. Anthony, you were just saying that you're getting tired of zombies and games. Um, yeah, it's just it's becoming like a crutch, and it's like, oh my god, we our game's got zombies now, and it's like it's not cool anymore. Like I'll give after Dead Rising two, I don't want to see any more zombies for like three years. You know what so I think it is everybody. actually? I think it's that this is the first gen of consoles. Now PC games, I can't really speak for as much, but like um, you can have, a large you can have that many yes, enemies. You can yeah. have that many enemies on screen. So developers, at least early in the gener- early in the console generation, were were obsessed with putting as many as much characters as they could on it. Yeah. So now you figure, like, okay, get over it. <laughs> like, let's yeah, do yeah, it's like, time to move on. Yeah, like, I, it's getting to the point where, like, Left, Left 4 Dead did zombies really, really cool. Um, but other than that, like, they're just, they've become really, really boring. And after, I mean, I'll just watch Zombieland now and just ignore everything else. Like, I don't want Pride and Prejudice and Zombies or anymore. Just as a, for the whole, not even just video games, everything. I'm tired of zombies. <laughs> just move on. It's like, everyone's like, oh, game, well, we'll talk about this later, but games are art. Games are art. Not if you keep putting zombies in it, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Who was I talking to? Was it Jeff and Nick when I did this whole thing, like, researching, like, when zombies, when the zombie renaissance started? Yeah, well, I, I, think, I, yeah, I, I helped with that, too, yeah. by the way. But, yes. Huh? I helped out with that, too. But yes. Well, yeah, didn't we figure out it was kind of like a post-9-11 thing? Yeah, it was It was pretty much because it, it all started out pretty much with 28 Days Later. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah, it was, it was um, or 28 Days. 28 Days Later. Yeah. 20. yeah. Uh, no, 28 Days Later. 28 Days Later than 28 Weeks Later. Yeah. 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 Oh, 28 Days is like the Sandra Bullock. Okay, yeah, yeah. A, Sorry, yeah. alcoholic. <laughs> it's confusing. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, all, it was basically everything started in 2002. That's when you see this huge surge in zombies, and, and it was after that, from like '02 to '05, that you see you saw like the 28 Days Later, you saw the, the Resident Evil the movies, Resident Evil movies, and that's when you saw the the Zombie Survival Guide book, and mm-hmm. um, and then in video games and stuff, yeah, in video games, and know, stuff yeah, and it came that. to video games a little bit later because yeah. their development times are longer, yeah. And so the movies started coming around on 2002 to 2004. They started showing up in video games around 2005, 2006. Yeah. Now, wasn't Dead Rising a 360 launch title? Uh, I think it was, it was right it. after. I think it was. It was the first yeah, August the, after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It right, wasn't a launch right. title, but it was right in that first first batch of games. You know, the best zombie game other than Left 4 Dead, I think, is um, Zombies Ate My Neighbors. <laughs> that game's so good. That game was so good. And, and it was just like endless, practically too. I remember. They need to put that on the Xbox Live or PSN or something. Yeah, that would be fun. Nice. Yeah, you know, so, but, I'm thinking about actually Resident Evil. The Resident Evil series was a kind of a fluke because it it was it all happened before the entire yeah, zombie like yeah. Renaissance. 97 or something. Yeah. No, even earlier than that, right? Yeah, and I mean, even though it was like they're not zombies, they were. I mean, because it, they were, it was the T virus or whatever, but. I mean, it was called Biohazard in Japan, but they're still basically zombies because that's you know, what zombies have become now in this era. Is like they can't just be people that rise from the dead; they have to be some sort of disease because we buy that more or something. I don't know. Right. You know what's funny oh, yeah. Nick, is I was over at a girlfriend's house and um, uh, she at fell asleep. A and girlfriend's I watched, house. 
How many hey, girlfriends girlfriend, do you have? My my ex fiance, if you want to be uh, ah, specific. Okay. And we she fell asleep, and I watched Twenty Eight Days Later, and mm-hmm. then I was like, oh my god, that was awesome. And so the next day, I was talking to a guy at work about it, and he was like, oh, let me lend you this game, and he handed me Resident Evil Four, and uh, that's okay. when I went on my little zombie kick for a couple of weeks after that. So those two nice. go hand in hand. For me. Yeah. Nice. Well, before before we move on, sorry, I just want to say one thing that's really bugging me about Crackdown 2 real quick. Oh, please do. Um, yeah. Um, so one thing that happens in Crackdown 2, I mean, I know sometimes breaking the fourth wall is okay, but when you get an achievement in-game, your uh, agency handler will like come on the radio, and he's like, you just collected your first audio log? That's an achievement. And then like, if you like clear a base, he's like, you just cleared a base? Enjoy your achievement. And it's like, Jesus, buddy, I can see the thing. I have the ding. I don't also need you telling me that I've got an achievement. So, like, I've unlocked five achievements in, like, 20 minutes, so that got kind of annoying. I just wanted to mention that. <laughs> You're going to stop going for achievements now. It's surprising. You're going to become the, the anti-Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, didn't you say that you got five achievements in the first, like, 20 minutes of the game? That made me want to play it. <laughs> well, yeah, but not, not if you got a guy going, enjoy your achievement. This is an achievement. So. That's why God invented the mute button. Nice. Yeah, Xbox I think you, mute. You, it's possible you can turn them off, but yeah, that's just, that's kind of a, <laughs> Sorry, a weird. I just got that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it didn't take any a little bit to get that. What? But it finally connected. He, yeah, he did a he did a connect. He made a connect joke. It was a very oh jeez. Nice. <laughs> okay, sorry. What were you saying, Jeff? Oh no, yeah, that's a very strange. Like, how many games? Break the fourth wall like that? Other than what, like Metal Gear Solid? I mean, can you think of? Any situations where a game hauls out and does that? Well, like uh, in the upcoming Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Deadpool breaks the fourth wall, but that's that's expected of him. But that's what what Deadpool does. He talks. That's what Deadpool does. Yeah, Yeah, Well, Deadpool's meta guy. Like that's his. He he will comment on the frame of the comic that you're reading. I mean, that's like what he. That's his thing. That I mean, that makes sense for the character, but it just seems like a weird choice to like. I mean, it's not like it's it's. And we can talk about this. I think breaking because breaking the fourth wall in video games is kind of freaky. Like whenever yeah. it's done, you're kind of like, "What are you watching me for?" Like the, the computer think, is because it happened in Metal Gear Solid and it freaks you out. Mm. See, or Metal Gear in, Solid was weird because two. there's like a coherent story, but for it to do it in Crackdown, I mean, there's not really a story they're trying to tell there or anything. So I don't think that would. It wouldn't like draw me out of the game or anything. I'd probably be well, like, well, oh, that, that was actually like the point I was going to make was that like it doesn't seem like the kind of game that would have those ambitions. Right. You know, it's just like mm-hmm. Crackdown Two is you jump, you shoot, that's I, it. Yeah, but the thing is, I well, don't think it was trying it was to, to do that. Yeah, I don't think it was trying to uh, comment on or critique in a film way where you when you you know in a postmodern right. film sure. where you comment on the genre and the you know the the film itself. I don't. I feel Crackdown like maybe it's to, trying to do more like an old arcade game. Yeah, I think it was just trying to be like, "Hey, we're going to do a fun little tricksy thing." So. Yeah, it's, it's obviously it's obviously doing it to be funny, but it's not succeeding in my eyes. That's probably why it's annoying. annoying like I mean, the, the, that's probably why it's annoying because it doesn't actually have anything to say. Like, if there was a reason for it, like you know, Deadpool as a character, he right. breaks the the fourth wall. That makes sense. Or in Metal Gear Solid Two. Or whichever one. I've says, never played it. I, when it says I you've been playing the game too long, yeah, it yeah. really yeah. freaks you out. Well, no, it was it? It was, it was Daniel, Daniel that was playing. Yeah. He was playing Metal Gear Solid Two, and there's a part in the game where it starts, it starts tripping with you, and then they start telling you like, 
they start telling you that you know maybe you've been playing this game too long um and and daniel was like wait wait what and then he and then he like got up and turned the game off yeah he got freaked out because <laughs> they were like you should stop playing you've been playing too long he was like oh okay and then he got up and, <laughs> and, and then he, he turned, turned it off, off the game or you know actually a really good example arkham asylum really really good example when when the scarecrow level yeah. when yes. it makes you think that the game crashed yeah oh, did you any of you guys play eternal darkness yeah yeah well i saw someone play it i, I kind of know what yeah. you're talking about right yeah. there, there's a couple things where like the game like will lower the volume so you mm-hmm. think that maybe there's something mm-hmm. wrong with your tv and the little indicator on your tv will even come up well not yep. your tv but a generic one and then there's one point where they make you think that they've erased all your uh, games yeah. on your memory and card. And it freaks you out, and you're like, no! Yeah. 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 So but that see, was the first all of those examples, yeah, all of those examples are like story or character examples. Well, those, like are, those are more of what I was talking about. Games. with That's like, that's the postmodern approach to commenting on the medium, opposed to crackdown where they're just like hey we're gonna do a crazy thing hey well like any, but any game that's yeah, he's kind of like the announcer in nba jam you know well but any game that's giving you tutorial or instructions or whatever almost kind of has to do that because it's like press the select button to interact with uh you know what i mean like any well, game that, that's what alan wake's tutorial is like like the giant yeah. ball of light comes in and he's like i'm gonna teach you how to defend yourself okay back to your dream yeah right. literally like what I said, he said I th- I, I consider it more like Crackdown being kind of like an arcade game because, I mean, it's basically Pac-Man running around collecting those agility orbs. So I think maybe they were just trying to be like, this is just a fun, you know, cool thing. It's not serious at all, you know. Nice. It's just being silly. Eh, rubs I mean, me the wrong way, and that's that's that for me. All right, <laughs> moving along. Uh, Anthony, what have you been playing lately? Well, as my review uh, stated, I played some Alpha Protocol. I beat it, and um, I liked it. You know, um, it was one of those games that I was looking forward to, and then it came out, and the reviews weren't that great. But I still rented it from GameFly, and um, like I said, the combat in it—it's kind of janky, and you, you know, you can get by. It's pretty average. It definitely feels like it's from like 2006, 2007. Um, but I just really liked the the character moments and the dialogue and the the choices you would make and stuff like that. Um, that that was just the most fun part for me. Like I was able to overlook the very very average gameplay in order to get to that. And um and so yeah, I, I I really liked it. There wasn't I would just if you play it, you don't have to use anything other than the assault rifle if you just want to zip right through the game. because um, it's so powerful, it's basically like a sniper rifle. Um. But the one thing that, like I mentioned in the review, was just that Nolan North, um, he is absolutely hilarious. He's this, like, bloodthirsty guy. And when you first meet him, spoiler alert, he's torturing this guy. And, you know, he's threatening to pour bleach down his throat. And your character can, like, try and stop him. Or one of the options was be helpful. And, he, and your character says, oh, uh, you know, if I get you a nozzle, this might go a little bit easier. And he's like, thanks, guy. That'd be really great. And he's only torturing the guy because he forgot where his keys are. And he wants <laughs> Yeah. So it's really psychotic. And he's one of those characters that you're like, I'm trying to play this game kind of like I'm a good guy, but I'm going to bring him along just because he's really funny. Just because so, he's Nolan North. Just because he's Nolan North. And he, once again, just when you think you're getting sick of him, he does something like this. And you're like, damn it. Sounds like uh, HK-47 and uh, KOTOR. Yes, exactly. Oh it, man, HK forty seven. That's one of that's like 
that's probably top ten greatest video game characters ever. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's and that's amazing. a character that was totally secondary to you know everything. Well, you know, and totally really out of left field. Like you didn't expect him to be that awesome. Yeah, a droid. Because I mean, come on, you're like, ah, I'll yeah. take the big look here. I'll say, nope, nope, the droid. You know. <laughs> um. So yeah. So Alpha Protocol, a lot of fun. Love that. Um. Like I said, it's not going to be for everybody, but for some people, it'll you know it'll be good. Uh, the other game I've been playing is Sacred Two, which um is kind of an old game. Eddie reviewed it quite a while ago. But now that I have an HDTV, I can actually read the text, so I finally <laughs> dove into it. Um, and I've been playing it with some friends online, and once you understand the game mechanics and everything, because it's a little different than most of the other type of RPGs it's pretty, I've played. It's pretty dense to yeah. start off. Yeah. But, once, yeah, but once you get it, like you really get it, and it just becomes so much fun. And like you just you don't want to stop. Like Just collecting quests and running around killing people and you know trading stuff with your friends. Oh, I've got you know, perfect sword for you. Oh, hold on, let me try, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it's basically just, you know, Diablo and sort of like an open world. And, um, and I really love it. So I'm kind of addicted to that. And I ended up stopped playing 3d dot game heroes to get addicted to sacred Two. So, man, they need to release more games like that. <laughs> that they really do. Cause the reason I played it is because you, you mentioned it was kind of like Baldur's gate, dark Alliance, which I yeah. love. Yeah. And, um, and I, I just I really want more games like Dark Alliance. Like I think there's a Lord of the Rings game coming out that's sort of similar to it, um, where you play like co-op. And I'm kind of looking forward to that. Like anything Whatever. that someone gives says, me, oh. give me Diablo three, and let's just be done with the conversation because I <laughs> I want to play Diablo three so bad it's ridiculous. And like I've basically sworn off PC gaming, but I will. I will fire it up for Diablo, man. I mean, it'll is be on Diablo, Mac, is, too. But. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Is Diablo 3 uh, PC, Mac only, or is it... Yeah, no it'll, be P- it'll be PC, Mac only. They it, mentioned that it may standard. come to consoles one yeah, day. Yeah, I don't know about that. It's Blizzard, man. I mean, they do... They One of the cool things about Blizzard, though, is that they're always PC, Mac. Like, I actually can take my StarCraft disc that I still have, StarCraft 1, and I can pop it in my... MacBook Pro and play on it, which is pretty cool. But yeah, well, it's Blizzard, but now it's Blizzard Activision, and Activision likes money, so they That's might true. they might throw it on a console one it's day. True, but 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 it is Blizzard Activision. It is yeah, not, Blizzard. Blizzard has a pretty controlling part Blizzard. Of it, yeah, I'm Blizzard the, is. I mean, come on. Blizzard is the they one that bought. Didn't they buy? money? Like, wasn't it Blizzard bought Activision? Probably. I, I mean, they have World yeah. of Warcraft. Blizzard can do anything they want. They, I think it was, but they probably bought them with also the intent of getting more into the console world. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, I'm sure, sure they want to, but at the same time, like, I mean, Blizzard kind of does what it wants to do because it can. It can say, hey, we're going to take eight years to make a game because we want to make it badass <laughs> because we got the funds from WoW, because WoW we have, coming in. Yeah, because we have WoW every month. Because WoW just prints money. Yeah, prints money. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, um, some of my favorite gaming memories come from Diablo 2 when we would get together and do little LAN parties and play them. And those my were favorite, so fun. My favorite memory is when we were all <laughs> together. We were all together and we were playing. Um, we were playing and... And Nick is freaking out and mm-hmm. looking for, and he's yelling, "I need a scroll of town portal." Does anyone have a scroll of town portal? Someone give me a scroll of town portal. And then we, and then Nick stops and he's like, 
Okay, that's the nerdiest thing I've ever said in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> like aloud, like were other people around me. It was like one of the nerdiest things I'd ever said aloud because I was really needing to uh, scroll of town portal. <laughs> well, Eddie, there was that conversation where I described Canada as America's underdark. So yes, there's that. <laughs> Jesus, I was like, this conversation got nerdy very quickly. Um. But the uh, last thing I'll mention is um, I decided to um, take the plunge and sign up for PSN Plus, which it's kind of like Alpha Protocol. It's not going to be for everybody, but if you, you know, like like if you're like me and you like you know the games that they release on the PSN and you look forward every week to what they're going to release, so maybe you can download some new game or something like that. Uh, if you like the downloadable games, it's probably a good idea to get it because I mean just. The first, um, the first week they gave us like um, Wipeout HD for free. You know, as long as you pay the subscription. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, included, well, included in what you paid. Yeah, yeah it wasn't wasn't yeah, exactly. that a comic or something? Yes, it was a penny yeah, arcade. arcade. Penny arcade. Penny arcade. Yeah. yeah. And that's like twenty bucks right there. And then there's like a couple of the PSP minis. There's one it's a game about zombies, but it was kind of fun. I'll admit it. Um, and then I have. They released another uh, P, uh, PSN Mini or whatever those things are. Little micro-sized games. It's like a tower defense one, I think. I haven't got a chance to play that yet. But um, then there's like Infamous where you can play like an hour demo of Infamous. And then you can download the whole thing to your PS3 for like 30 bucks. Um, that's not... The, oh, the demo part is the PSN Plus part. The rest of it, you know, you can just download Infamous um, regardless of whether you have the PSN Plus subscription. But... Um, it's like I said, it's not for everybody, but for me who ends up buying a lot of things on the PSN, like the games and the add-ons and stuff like that, it'll probably I'll probably make my money back and then after the first year we'll evaluate whether we want to keep going with it or not, but there's some cool things on there, but like I said, it's not going to be for everybody. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a content service, right? Yeah, it's content service. I See, like the content, so And that's I got my it. problem with it. It doesn't like it doesn't make a, a PSN any better. Like I'm just yeah. curious to see. I'm curious to see how many people will be sold on it because of Hulu Plus. Because it seems like everywhere you go online, all the comments about Hulu Plus are just like paying money for ads. Well, they they but, did say that Hulu Plus is not going to be part of PlayStation Plus. Really? Hmm, I had that, that. Yeah, it'll be on. Uh, it'll be just, on PSN regular. It says uh, a representative for Hulu stated, "With the launch of Hulu Plus, there have been many rumors started." and we are trying our best to remedy the situation. The PlayStation Plus service is only a requirement during the preview period. Once the preview period ends, you should be able to download the Hulu Plus app, but that will still require the Hulu Plus subscription. Huh. So you won't need, like for the preview period, I guess you'll need the PlayStation how, So Plus. how long is the preview period, did they say? They didn't say here, but they were just kind of shutting up all the... Interesting. Shut up, Internet. We're doing what we can. Well, the internet is just so ridiculous about Hulu Plus in general. So, you know, what can you say? Yeah, I went on a tirade about it. Jeff remembers that. I do. This is one of those things like we were talking about before the podcast started where someone makes up something like, oh, I bet they'll have it be part of the PlayStation Plus that you have to have that. And then they report that. That's what they're going to do. And then the rumor, yeah, and then they report their little brain fart they had as like a rumor. And then it gets picked up by somebody else and then it becomes a story. Then it gets put on some website that we won't name, and yeah. then everyone talks about it. Well, so that's that's good to know that it's not going to be, because honestly, like, yeah, I don't really see the selling point of PSN Plus for me. Like, I, I don't really 
see what would cause me to pay for that on top of also playing. I know, wish playing for they, they just made PSN better. Yeah. That's just what I wish. I was hoping that PSN Plus would give, like, maybe... I don't want them to do cross-game chat and that because I don't want them to have to... I don't want you to have to... Well, I guess maybe you should have to pay for it, but maybe cross-game chat and then maybe, like, one free PlayStation 1 game a month or something like that. You know, so I can download That'd Metal Gear really Solid for deal. free. Yeah. That, what? That would be a terribly good deal. Yeah. Because yeah. that, be, be, that would oh, that pay was for one itself of the every month. There was one PlayStation 1 classic... Um, but it was like a rally racing game or something like that that I downloaded for free through PSN Plus. So, so. would you get to keep it though, or would it go uh, away? Long, it goes away. I've got it for a year. I've got it for fifteen months, and then if I renew my subscription, I. But I does have the it game? Again. The game, I mean. So if you yeah, if you didn't subscribe, you don't. Get yeah, the, the game, game would anymore. go away. The game. Oh, yeah. oh man. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, that's so you're paying to rent you. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Renting all these games. The, it, it, well, it's it's, Zo- it's Zoom Pass. That's how Zoom Pass yeah. works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not, so, yeah, like I'm I said, I'm gonna try it for a year and we'll see. I'm not in the habit of spending money, but you know they have that 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 video thing they do every month. Core, Core and I subscribe to that. And that was twenty five dollars yeah. a year, and I'm like, well, I'm already paying twenty five a year. So instead of doing Core again, I'll just go ahead and try this, and we'll see. You know, for twenty five more dollars, I'll try this out. That was my logic flawed though it may be <laughs> yeah I, I guess i hadn't really heard about the i, I mean it, may, it sort of makes sense that you would be renting the games if they're free but i'm not a fan of subscription services like that where your content breaks when the service goes away that just yeah it's kind of new for me too and i don't know how i feel about it but that's why i'm gonna try and i'm gonna see i want to see how good the games are that they're gonna release you know because like you know, in the seventh month when it's right in the middle of it, if they're, you know, releasing really crap stuff, then I'm going to be like, yeah, we're done with this. So. Yeah, I mean, when I pay for content, like, I want to own it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to I don't want it to go away because I... Well, yeah, as much as you can own digital content. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's why you saw that thing where, you know, like, 64% of gamers prefer physical discs compared to digital. I'm surprised it was that low. I mean, we want... I, like, I want to hold it in my hand, you know, I want to have something I tr- I can trade in. Honestly, I like, want to have something a- that, in case my my hardware my hard drive dies, that I can still play it. <laughs> How many times has your hard drive died? Uh, on my PS3, not yet, but my my PCs have had some troubles in the past. Oh, okay. Well, lately, right, um, I'll just move on to what I've been playing since we've been on the "What Have You Been Playing" segment for about an hour. Um, <laughs> <laughs> looking at the time, I, I blame Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I blame our Damn video, it. our no, our cartoon uh, discussion. But um, <laughs> no, lately I'll just I'll just touch real quick on what I've been playing. Is uh, me and me and Mitch have been playing some uh, Bad Company Two uh, co-op, the onslaught mode, um, and it's it's a ton of fun. Yeah, it is. I really like it a lot. It's sort of what, like what um, is onslaught? It's, it's like horde or firefight, with, but with objectives instead of just uh, trying to survive. Oh yeah, yeah, they got something similar to that on Unch- on Uncharted. I love that. I, I want to play that now. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun, and you're trying to get from point to point while holding off against the enemies, and they send like an absurd amount of enemies at you. So uh, many enemies, and it's like ridiculous, and like most most of my experiences with like a four player co op thing is that there's a difficulty setting. Um, normal is good for two players. Like I remember in Halo Three, that's kind of what it was. Like if you had two players playing on campaign co op, no, normal is a decent setting. Heroics fine too. Um, 
you know, but if you have four players, you got to bump it up. Um, here, we, me and Mitch tried to play it on normal, and we just got rocked, like, so bad, even on the normal setting. And we had to bump it down to easy, and even then it was still pretty difficult. <laughs> yeah, even then the, there's that one map we can't beat because it's all tank-based. The other three we do okay because it's all infantry, but the, the one desert map, we cannot beat it no matter how hard we try. Yeah, yeah. We had, and then Daniel joined up with us that one night, and we played... Uh, we had to, we were able to bump it up to normal, but man, the difficulty just ramps up like crazy. Yeah. So no, that mode that mode is a lot of fun, and it's added a lot of value back to the game. I mean, it's ten bucks, which kind of sucks, um, you know. But but it's still a ton of fun, and it's it's in definitely because I was thinking about trading the game in, and now we've got onslaught, and I want to play it all the time. Um, but the other game I've been playing and finally finished last night was Red Dead Redemption, um, and so that's I've been. I've had a blast with that game and I finished it last night and I don't usually do this with games, but like I finished it and then I kept playing in the game world for about two to three hours after I finished it. And I want to get back in and do more, even though like I'm done with the game. Cause usually for me, like I, once I beat a game, you know, I'm mostly done with it. Um, because I usually, the way I do those games is I do everything I possibly can before I beat it. Um, but here there was just, there's still so much more I want to mess around with and, and uh, yeah, it's a ton of fun. It's a great game. It's easy. I hear good mindless. things about the ending. Is the ending without spoiling it? I hear is is the ending pretty good? Yeah, it's interesting. That was one of the things I wanted to talk about too. Is that um, the ending? I'm I'm going to try to do this without spoiling. Um, but the game doesn't end when you think it should. Like there's like this big scene, you know, you know, quote unquote boss battle, whatever, and you get through it and then I'm like, okay, well, you know, there's music, there's gonna be a cut scene, like, yeah, the game's gonna end. And then it gets to that scene and then it doesn't end. It actually keeps going. And there's a period of maybe two to three, maybe four hours after that, that you're still doing kind of missions that are winding the game down. So the game actually has falling action to it. Um, where most video game stories don't. I think Jeff was at me and you that talked about this with Bioshock two. Yeah, yeah, where Bioshock 2 has what I would consider falling action, yeah. Yeah, like because most video games end right after the climax. You know, the big boss battle, game ends. That's not the way stories are structured. Um, but Gotta have uh, that denouement. Yeah, <laughs> and so Red Dead Redemption actually has like a three to four hour, you know, period of that. And some people think it's boring, and I can kind of see their argument because it lasts probably a little bit longer than it needs to, but... I thought it was really interesting, and it's just this really kind of cool, slow, kind of taking you back to some of the stuff that you did at the beginning of the game um, to, like, wrap up everything before the game ends. Sounds like a book. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Sounds like something mature that most, the average person that goes into GameStop to buy his games wouldn't understand or like, so screw him. Well, and even He's, then, like, after the game geez, ends. Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That was impressive. Yeah. Well, no, Eddie's like, most some people would say it was boring. I know exactly the kind of person would say it was boring. <laughs> screw that guy and everyone that looks like him. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I, thought it, I thought it was boring, so. <laughs> exactly my point. Nerd fight. But yeah, well, no, like, and then, um, even after the game ends, um, you know, like because there's the one point it ends and you think it might end, and then it go keeps going, and then it actually ends. But then even after that, there's a little bit, there's more you can do that. I bet a lot of people missed. It's like um, an epilogue. Yeah, there's an epilogue even to all that. There's like one more thing you can do um, before the credits roll that a lot of people probably will just miss. What hmm. what I want to know is I want to find the person that 
maybe did like I did and went back into the game and just played it for hours. Um, I'd like to find, because I went back in and did it immediately because I had heard about it, um, you know, before you see like the credits roll. I want to f- find the person that went and played the game maybe two, three, three more days before they accidentally found the mission that ends the game. Because I bet that person was surprised as crap when they found it, <laughs> you know, if they had no knowledge of it. You know, I bet that would be a very cool thing for them. Do you know if they have plans for more story DLC or is it just going to be like multiplayer co-op stuff? There's a co-op DLC that just came out. Yeah, I mean, I heard about that, but I I just wonder if they're going to keep doing any more, you know. Because I I was reading about how all of the Mass Effect 2 story DLC has been ultimately disappointing because it's really disjointed from the story. Like it it doesn't make sense if you play the DLC after the game is over. Yeah, that's even true. I've heard. even with like the there's a new one that is it out yet? Overlord. Overlord, yeah. That Overlord I was reading is, the re- sorry, Overlord is good, but it has the same problem of being disjointed from the main story. Right, right. So I, I've read that it's good. That it actually is one like of the DLCs, it's one of the more rewarding ones, but that it doesn't like it just ignores choices that you made in the game. So I don't know. I I, I have to wonder. I like the idea of, of DLC that lets you keep playing in that world and see it from a different perspective. But if they can't, like, if they can't make the story pay off because of the DLC, then that kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah, I definitely want to do some more co-op. I want to go back in and get some achievements I haven't gotten. Like, I'm just really excited about what else, you know, I can, I can still do, you know. Um, I, think it'll be, I think it'll be pretty cool. Me and Mitch actually want to go in and, um, and troll people trying to get achievements in the public realm sessions. <laughs> Which I think would be kind of fun, because um, a little these, bit till we get real life death threats. <laughs> yeah, well, because there's these public roam sessions, basically where it turns the the in game world into like an MMO almost, and like what eight to ten people can join up or more. Yeah, yeah, around there, maybe sixteen even um, can just can just join the single player map, and you can't do some of the missions, but you can do some things together. Um, and so you just have players roaming around the world, which is kind of cool. Um, but there's an achievement you can get where you ride from one corner of the map to the other corner and you have to do it by sundown. Um, and you have to do it in a public free roam. And I've heard it's not hard to make the time limit. What's hard is that other players will kill you as you, as you ride by them. So you have to avoid other players. So me and Mitch have talked about camping the finish line and killing people as they try to ride through. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to keep them from getting the achievement, and to me that just that just tickles me so much. That thought, as evil <laughs> as it is, you should do that, but only if you talk as if you're in a western. <laughs> and one of you should be Al Swearingen from Deadwood. All right. Well, now that we've covered uh, what we've all been playing, we're going to move along to a couple of community topics. The first of which is um, the poll that we did the other day about uh, multiplayer gaming, um, co-op against versus. And I have to say, I'm actually really shocked. Co-op um, crushed, didn't it? Yeah, it totally crushed. I'm like I'm totally surprised. shocked. I'm surprised. Pwned it. Yeah, and I'm. I mean, look, I'm looking at it right now. So far, right now, it's got 86 votes. That'll probably change, but 70 against 16 votes, um, saying that co-op is a better experience than versus. So Which I'm just is very I'm, surprising because I think that huh. most of our most of our users are PC gamers. That's what I thought. And PC gamers usually prefer versus over co-op. So. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm very surprised. Cray is what you're saying. It's surprising. Yeah. Of course, then yeah. again, I don't know. I guess with stuff like Left 4 Dead, you know, PC gamers are more into co-op stuff. Well, and even Team Fortress 2, I think yeah. people like playing oh. it for the co-op aspects more than the versus aspects. 
Right. Because it's a team working still, together, you know. It's still such a unique thing that I think right now it's the hot thing to do, you know. Because um, I really like doing like me and Eddie did Uncharted Two co-op the other day, and it was a it was, lot of fun. It was so much fun. It was it was yeah. a lot of fun. We even played with a random person, and it was still fun. It, okay. Yeah, is exactly. is Counter Strike co-op though? No, I would no. not Counter Strike co-op okay. at all. Well, because it's teams. Yeah, it's teens, but. <laughs> You know, a it's, team, so, it's, te- it's a team of lone wolves, basically. Yeah, right. it's true. Well, that's, that's true. actually kind of how I felt when we were playing the crack. I mean, I, I only played the demo of Crackdown 2, but it didn't feel like... My main experience with co-op has been uh, Resident Evil 5 and Borderlands. Mm-hmm. And both of those, I think, do a good job of oh, making it man. so you have to collaborate. Yeah, Jeff, really now I want to play Resident Evil 5. You haven't played the second DLC yet. I know. Oh, it's I, so good. The second oh, DLC is so good. Let's oh my play God. it right I, now. I literally can't believe I actually beat it. it yeah. Was so tough it. at the end. Well, no, like I, I spent, basically I spent an hour screaming at Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that how most video games turn out though? No, but like this <laughs> one was different. Jeff, even when it was, I'm not playing. It was, so, it was so intense, that second DLC pack because the first one's intense scary this one was like there's just always guys coming at you and you have to split up and there's missiles shooting at you at one point and you have to split up and like you're having to cover each other from a distance and I was out of ammo and so I was like totally relying on Jeff to like it was hardcore yeah and it's not like I was it's not like I was failing it was just that it was like ridiculous yeah, and yeah, I'm like, Jeff, it. help me. <laughs> I played it by myself with just the AM, the computer AI helping me, and oh, I wow. literally cannot believe that I beat it. No, I don't know how you did. I, like, I feel, I, like, I feel like the regular game is playable with the AI, because I played it after I beat it with Eddie, or I, I beat it all the way through with Nick, yeah. the regular game. I played it with the AI, and it was fine, but I don't think yeah. the DLC... Yeah. I felt like when Eddie and I were playing the DLC, I was like, I don't know I how don't, anyone would I don't do this. Like, I don't like... Playing the game without people, though, like I loved, I loved the the just the like working together, and like just the stupid shit. Like I got to get on the boat now, and you got to drive the boat over here to grab me. Like <laughs> I just loved all the like just little stuff like that. I thought the game did so well. I'm well, also you know, what, you know what's funny, or what are we gonna say? Uh, well, I'm just really happy that we're going on an RE5 tangent since we are the <laughs> RE5 site. <laughs> and that all our fans think we're so obsessed with RE5. I'm Apparently. glad that... Uh, I can't gl- help it if it's the best game ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that we actually have like a, a little rant about it now, because we never had that before. So. Well, and it's also I, funny, I think it's, it's maybe one of the only games that I think all five of us are on the same page on. Uncharted 2, I think we're all on the same page about. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think it's also because we all expected Resident Evil 5 to not be as good... That's true. As, as maybe we thought we were all kind of like, eh, and the demo came out and we're like, eh, maybe not so much. And then we I all hated the we demo. Like, no, I yeah. hated, hated the demo. I First was time just I played like, the demo, I hated it. Sucks. And then I tried it again like a week later and I was like, okay, I think I'm ready for this. That, that was a terrible demo. That it was, was a terrible hard. demo. It works so much better in the game. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. And then yeah. you know, when the game comes out, we all played it and we were like, oh my god. This is so good. <laughs> and then I liked playing that first level again with the with the executioner. Okay, uh, two things. I liked playing the thing with the executioner when I started to do different stuff with it. Like when we started to go up on the rooftops. Was it with you, Eddie, that I did that? I don't remember. Uh, but maybe I, not. I, I started, or was it with you, Jeff? When we played through like been. a second yeah. or third time, we yeah. we went up on like the rooftops and started like rooftop hopping, and yeah. that got really fun because then. 
it just became it, it changed up the dynamic because when you know when you first play it you're it's very claustrophobic you're stuck in this room and the executioner's there and you feel so trapped and then you come outside and you're like uh, I don't know where to go I'll go in this other room and then I'm trapped in that room and then you know and I mean that's what they were trying to do but it was but, really kind of cool to get up on top of roofs and then start to like really run around the level and have more control over what was going on second thing uh, the new Resident Evil movie that is coming out I don't know if you guys know anything and I mean you know the movies aren't great whatever but this movie is heavily based on RE5 yeah, I saw the preview and a lot the, of monsters in it. I was the like, the zombies. Oh my God. Yeah, the zombies have the the mouth thing, like the RE five zombies have. Oh. Uh, Wesker is the bad guy again, um, and I mean, it none just of the, has, none of the main characters are, are match up with the the game character. Like you don't have your Sheva or anything, right? Right, right, right. But you, but you, as far you, as we know, anyways. But well, I, mean, like I think the, I, I think the, the dude from Pri- but I the think dude from Pre- Prison Break is playing uh, Chris Redfield. Chris, yeah, Chris is in it. That's the thing. Chris has never been in a movie before. I don't think so. Uh, Chris is in it, and uh, the zombies are like the zombies in RE Five. Wesker's the bad guy. The, the executioner is in one of the scenes, and just, like it's just it's very heavily influenced by RE Five. You can tell. See, it's interesting, like because it's funny because we're all getting really excited talking about this. You know, the, the co-opness, like how fun it was, and Resident Evil Five. It's I don't really get that excited when I talk about like deathmatch kind of gameplay occasionally i do mm-hmm. um but you know what i mean like it's just, i think i think something about co-op is that is maybe like the the memories you kind of create together you know oh yeah you yeah. don't get as many of those i mean the, yeah there's going to be some and there's gonna be some epic ones and some um kind of competitive you know with versus with versus like if you're playing like a team death match with even just like eight people you're only going to run up against your buddy like once or twice you know maybe a couple times during a match but in co-op you're together the entire time so it's a shared experience as they say in Chasing Amy, it's a shared moment, you know? So, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think well, yeah, that's exactly I went, first thing I go Chasing Amy. Nice, first, nice. That's the first thing I go to. Well, but it's, it's funny because, like, Eddie and I both have really, like, visceral memories of playing the RE5 DLC together. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Now, let me right. ask you guys a question. Do you like, the, the, like, Resident Evil 5 co-op where it's, like, you just play the story together? Or do you like the, um, like, the uncharted or resistance or the, you know the, the games were like they set aside a co-op mode for you or like, like modern, modern warfare, warfare 2. 2 yeah uh it depends part of yeah, it does yeah. depend. It, it, like it i liked they how they did it i like how they did it in modern warfare 2 i think mm-hmm. that in for for that game in particular i think that it's actually better the way they did it i don't think it would have been as fun to play the campaign of modern warfare 2 co-op yeah. but there yeah. are other games where i want to play the campaign co-op, and they don't give me that, and that is always sad for me. Well, like what? Like what examples? I don't even have one. Well, but, like Bad Company <laughs> Two has four squad members in the main campaign, but you can't play it co-op. There you which go. Which uh, makes no sense. In, there you go. in Killzone Two, there's always a almost yeah ninety percent of the time there's an AI character with you. You split up like when you're alone, like once maybe throughout the game, and it's just weird that you didn't get to play as a co-op with that. So yeah, yeah. so. Yeah, Co-op just, actually makes the uh, Halo campaigns better, i found. Yeah, I think so, especially, too. Especially Combat Evolved. That was sublime in Co-Op. Yeah, that first game was, was incredible with, with uh, Co-Op play. But yeah, it's just funny because uh, just some of the memories and stuff that you come up with, like you know, even playing Onslaught um, last week when we had um, 
there's this one heli- there's one level where you start off in a helicopter and me and Mitch are are flying around and we get shot down by a rocket and so we bail <laughs> we bail out of the helicopter <laughs> and and I don't know if you guys are too familiar with Bad Company too but when a building comes down it's like this it's it's usually a like a spectacle when a building finally collapses cuz you can blow buildings apart but eventually it can take enough damage where it comes down and it makes this loud like groaning noise and the whole thing comes down and anyone like on it or in it is dead. Um, and so, so we like bail out of the helicopter. Helicopter lands on the building and I land on top of the building too. And then Mitch is jumping off. There's guys everywhere shooting rockets and Mitch is yelling like, Eddie, get out of there. The building's going down and I can hear it. And I'm like <laughs> running and like diving off the building as guys are shooting at me and the whole thing comes down as I'm jumping off. And afterwards we were freaking out about like how epic it was. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. things like that don't seem to happen in like versus modes ever, you know, or like real, like real quick when like Daniel was in it and then uh, we were going around the Blackhawk and I'm like okay bail and he doesn't hear me he just sees my guy fly past the window of the helicopter and Daniel's Daniel's not <laughs> flying the helicopter he's in the gunner seat and watches Mitch the pilot jumping out <laughs> that's a bad sign that's like in Indiana Jones the Temple of Doom when he looks and he sees the pilot has already abandoned the, the plane at the beginning yes. of the movie mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's pretty funny <laughs> Yeah, so the pl- the helicopter hits the ground and he just comes out of. He's like, I didn't even know that you bailed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it, it's just funny because yeah, like looking at the maybe maybe the the votes are, you know, um, supporting well, that see, idea. You know that yeah. co op produces those more intense memories. Yeah, well, yeah. right there was just two examples of like from the same game, two awesome co op moments where just things were going off the rails and we were having so much fun. But it's like you play a multiplayer match, it's like, do you remember when I killed that guy? Oh yeah, maybe. But like co op you definitely have those moments where you're just like, that was awesome and I was there and you saw it, so you can tell it to me from your angle. So Yeah, and then there's the stuff that, you know, sort of happens like by accident. I was when I was playing Dark Alliance with my older brother, um, he would run around and get the gold while I was still killing all the bad guys. And I started getting so he was me. about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You so should have got... seen us play. Oh my well, god! When me and Carrie and Eddie would all play games together, and we would all <laughs> instantly go for the loot instead of killing <laughs> things. It's it's a it's painful to watch us play games together. Well, I got revenge because you know in that game, if the other guy died, you could he wouldn't come back until you touched like a save point, mm-hmm. and so. When he died, I would then run around, collect all the loot and everything, and then I would revive him. And he would just have to sit there and watch. And so (laughs) there was a lot of, I won't get into all the jokes, they were pretty racist, but, you know, there was was a lot of name calling and everything like that. And then just one other thing, you know, remember in Final Fantasy 3 or 6, but 3 for the Super Nintendo, there was actually an option where a second player could play, like, during the battles. And you could, like, if there were four characters in the party, you, you know, the second player could control two of them. Well, me and my friend were just grinding and stuff like that. And then one day I was bored, so I, I hit him with a fire spell, and we ended up just killing each other and attacking each other when we were supposed to be fighting, like, imps. And it ended up being really funny because I would be trying to revive my characters, and he'd be attacking mine and everything. And we just turned it into the versus mode, but we were playing co-op. And it was just really fun. It was one of those things that, you know, we still talk about to this day. And, it was, you know, it was co-op, but it sort of became the opposite. And it was, it was, it was a shared moment. That actually does make me think of a cool, like, so the one really cool thing in Crackdown 2 are those guns. What are they called? The the UV shotguns. The UV shotguns that, like, blow you across the room. Yeah. So when, you're, when you both have them and you're trying to clear out a room of, of the zombies, you'll end up 
hitting each other, and so you would just get like thrown across the room. It's by like a team. twenty foot launch. Like you're yeah. you're gone. You can apparently juggle cars with them. Yeah, there's an achievement for shooting a car back and forth between two players. Oh, yeah. nice. I want to do that. So, one of you needs to get cracked down, too, so we can do that. <laughs> I'll rinse it, I guess. I got to take some stuff back. Um, one thing yeah. I wanted to say, though, when I, when I was talking about Counter-Strike as co-op, I was thinking about land parties and how those are those are like kind of co-op moments. That's true. You know, yeah. when we'd all get together and we'd do a LAN party and there'd be team versus team, and how I remember tho- a lot of times I remember those more than just straight-up versus Counter-Strike sitting at my desk in college. When we, when we would all get together or when we, when we would do like a, like a pug and we would just go grab other people and then and do like a little 5v5 or something, those, those are so fun. And I wonder if people are thinking about that as well when they when they vote on stuff, you know? Yeah, that it's just playing with friends. Right, yeah. Against whatever, but as long as you're playing with friends, that yeah, they're leaving the, that into co-op. Yeah, because those are... And then, I mean, you know, the LAN parties we had when we played Warcraft 3, we were playing versus, but we were playing co-op versus. Yeah. So, it was like upstairs versus downstairs. And... The, those were so fun. So when you can kind of combine the two, it's pretty badass. I'm kind of sad that I, I missed out on, on that era a little bit. It was a, it was a good era, Jeff. It really was. It really was. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually kind of miss uh, doing land parties a lot. We need to do one. Yeah, I think, I think they're really fun, actually. <laughs> nice. Um, well, so moving along to the next... Um, thing we we always neglect our user submitted questions because we end up talking about things like cartoons. Video, like cartoons pirates of dark water yeah. <laughs> pirates of dark water or resident evil 5 you know mm-hmm. for a, mm-hmm. um usually but, <laughs> but we're actually going to hit one of them this time because we, we've only got time for one um one that someone um asked just before we did our e3 podcast and that was the one we didn't get to any questions um but one that somebody asked was about uh, what's the longest time we've spent playing a video game? Kind of like what are our bi- biggest gaming binges? Um, and I think, I don't know, I just think that's a funny question because everyone's got one where you just sat there and you played a game longer than you'd care to admit, um, <laughs> you know, without care of what was going on in the outside world. Um, but I think, I don't know, I think we've all got those stories. I think mine is KOTOR, whenever KOTOR came mm. out. And I borrowed your Xbox, Nick, mm-hmm. and I and I played Kotor. I played forty eight hours total, like gameplay time, and I did it from Sunday night at like like nine o'clock at night through Thursday five a.m. <laughs> nice. Jeez. And wow. I took breaks to go to sleep, and I would sleep from about four in the morning till nine in the morning, and I would get up and I would play, and I would take a break to eat, and I would take a break to call Jen. Because we, when, when, what year was yeah? When was this? Was this in college? No. Oh, yeah, was it was in that, college. Okay. Yeah, and I would take a break to call Jen. Would you occasionally go to class? <laughs> well, no. This was over Christmas break. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's the best time for gaming. Oh, it was so awesome, man. Yeah, because I had because I had played it the semester before, right? Yeah. And then I was like, Eddie, you have to play this game. <laughs> it's amazing. So yeah, Kotor. <sighs> I don't yeah, think so I've ever. I don't think I've ever done anything that extreme. I mean, the most I can think of, at least in recent years, was playing Oblivion for like eight hours at a time. Mm-hmm. 
definitely when I was in the thick of that game, I could sit like any, I, I knew that if I sat down in front of oblivion, I would be there for at least four hours, if not eight hours. Wow, every that's time crazy, dude. Yeah. I mean, I put in at the, all told, I put in 140 hours into that game over the course of like four or five months. I think so. when I think when Halo Reach comes out, I'm, there's part of me that's tempted to take the day off because I I did it for Halo Three. I took the day off. Um, I actually did take the day off for Reach because I'm going to a wedding a couple days after Reach comes out. So I'm like, you know what? I'll take that day off and then the next day, and then I'm off to the wedding. So I've got two days where I can pretty much just play Reach. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about taking it off, and like I seriously will probably play that game all day long. Yeah, that day. Um, yeah. Well, do you you remember you remember college, Eddie? I mean, you you remember every once in a while you'd get a game. For me, I I think the one that stands out to the most was Metal Gear Solid Two, uh, where you get the game and then you pop it in there and you have no intentions of playing this game forever, but it starts to happen to where people are like, "So wait, are you gonna go to class?" And you're like, "I don't th- I don't think I'm gonna go to this class." And then it's like, so wait, are you going to this next class? It's like I don't, I don't think I'm making it to that one either. And, and then it, and then it's like eight p.m. at night, and you woke up in the morning to go to your first class, and you never made it to any of your classes, and you sat there for like eight to ten hours playing this game. That's I remember that with 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 Metal Gear Solid Two very vividly. And then that same jerk is like, "Are you going to go to class tomorrow?" And you're like, "You need to shut up." Yeah. Right? <laughs> Nice, Anthony. Do you have any like big gaming binges that you can you remember? Know, well, I, I, well, just to tell you right now, I don't anymore. If I, I can barely play games for two or three hours at a time, just like by choice anymore. Oh yeah, um, same. So you know, like I mean, I can't even force myself to do it anymore. Like I just feel like I can't be playing this long anymore. That for that long. Um, but I, I think my biggest gaming binge was um, I remember when I was younger and I discovered Final Fantasy two. My mom had to stop me to eat. <laughs> um, so that was kind of cool. I don't remember how many hours back then, but I remember the summer going into my senior year of high school um, was no wait, yeah, yeah. It was kind of the one of the best summers of my life because I got mono <laughs> and I had to drop out of summer school, which sucked because then I had to take PE during my senior year, which I didn't want to do. Um, and so that summer, I for the first time I read Lord of the Rings. And I played Final Fantasy Tactics and Castlevania Symphony of the Night all summer. Oh, uh, nice! And even with having mono, I would call it oh, a nerdy a moment. Okay, sorry. Because exactly. all of us was just like bliss. Like, oh, I wish. <laughs> yeah. I, <had> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish I had a disease. I would make a bowl of cereal, uh, and then I would like play one of those two games until like my head was hurting so bad. Then I'd crawl back to bed, and then I'd come back and do it some more. And then eventually, after I lost like. 10 or 15 pounds um i would uh and i was healthy enough i would stop and like maybe go see a movie with well with jennifer with with eddie's wife because she was my best friend in high school um and then i would go back and play video games again and that's all i did the entire summer was read lord of the rings and play those two games and that i i put like 65 hours into final fantasy tactics in like (laughs) i think two months which um, you played Tactics and Symphony of the Night. That's too much, man. My two, yeah. two of my favorite games those ever. Are in the two same epic games. I want to play those two right now. Like I, yeah, those you are know, still Tactics relevant. Tactics is on the PSP. I have they they like redid the cutscenes and stuff. And it's a version of on the P- oh, it's well, on, no, PSP. on the PSP. Oh, okay, okay, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I think I still you have download the original on the PS PSN. PSN. 
And I've put 70 hours into Final Fantasy Tactics on two separate occasions. Um, oh, wow. just like I was like, I want to replay this game, and then I did it again. So that was probably my biggest gaming binge was just that summer of like, you know, well, I got mono, I can't do anything, so my girlfriend just dumped me. Might as well just be a nerd. You know you something know, interesting? Another... Okay, sorry. I was like, that's another that's another genre that I miss: strategy RPGs, and because the, they seem delegated only to they like delegated. They seem only like um, I don't know what the word I'm actually looking for is, but they seem to only fall into yeah, either handheld or like weird Japanese stories, like Disgaea. Yeah, like Disgaea. Yeah, Disgaea yeah. is the is, is the I, example. I was so excited about, it and I couldn't get into it because it was just I was like, this is too much it's for me. Too dense. Yeah, it's too. There was so much. Well, yeah, then like, they're, they're almost too Dal- hardcore. You know, Valkyria Chronicles, which didn't sell very well, but it's yeah. The 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 sequel is coming out on the PSP. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I like Valkyria Chronicles, but that's another game where I, I I know now I'm at the point of the game where if I were to pick that up, I have to set aside like three hours of time. That's why I stopped playing it. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, me but, too. But the battles started turning into like this battle's gonna. The battle started taking upwards of two to three hours, and you can't right, save yeah. in them. You know? Yeah, and, and the cutscenes would sometimes go on for yeah. a little bit too long, and then you'd have to grind. And I never had any idea of whether I should still be grinding or whether it's okay to move yeah. on to the story until it was too late. Yeah, exactly. You know? So yeah, and so but, but like the gameplay itself was so fun. But yeah, there's, there's you just don't see a lot of those games anymore, and it's it's weird. You figure that someone would find a formula that that could work. You know. See what I liked about tactics was you could sort of apply your own strategy to each battle you know there's like some other strategy rp or tactical rpgs you know like advance wars or fire emblem where you have to like when it gets to the later levels you have to do an exact strategy like move this guy seven steps to the left and then the enemy will move to this exact spot and then you can do this but with tactics it was a little bit more free in what you could do and it was never the same battle twice and that's why i like that one so much oh and it had a great story too it had a great story yeah, great um, story. Considering it was incomprehensible because of the poor localization, I mean, yeah. I still love that story. Yeah. I don't even understand it. And on top of that, it had great upgrades, like the way the paths you could take the different people to. I mean, you could take people to be like ninjas and like all kinds of crazy stuff. If you, yes. If you, depending on what skills you gave them and stuff. Yeah, you start off as like a thief, and then you become a ninja, and then a samurai. Oh, God, I love that game. <laughs> Mitch, do you have any uh, gaming binges? Uh, yeah, I... I yeah, I got a couple. Um, number one, not the first Knights of the Old Republic. The second Knights of the Old Republic is the one that took up most of my time. I don't know. The... Yeah, okay. Some people hated it. I liked it. You know, different strokes. <laughs> but it took up different... someone's time because it sure as hell didn't take up developers. <laughs> oh, bango! Oh, which was actually Obsidian. So you know, their I legacy know. continues. Yeah, I hope. I hope to God that New Vegas is good. Anyways, moving on. At least now uh, the protocol had an ending. Jeez. Yeah, they, yeah, they they had to cut the ending because LucasArts w- apparently wanted to push out for the holidays. But anyways, about the binges, I can't remember how long I spent on it, but it's sort of like my Mass Effect playthrough where I played it maybe uh, f- six times. Oh wow! Putting, like yeah, putting like thirty hours each into each playthrough, and like only on like the fourth playthrough did I realize that you could upgrade lightsabers. So not only did I play it a lot, <laughs> I failed at it four times before I realized that I could be doing way more damage. Did you ever play the first one? Oh yeah, I did. I played okay. that a lot. Okay, I was just curious. Yeah, no, no, no. I love the first one. I just happen to like the second one better for some weird reason. But um, the other one, which kind of explains why I'm a huge Halo fanboy, is Halo Combat Evolved. Like, I had a buddy. We just played it through co-op on Legendary. We'd beat it, and then we'd go and beat it again. 
and I think we did that for a couple of days straight. So, that, those are my the two gaming binges that I can recall. I, I just wanted to one quick thing that Anthony said about how he can only play for like two or three hours now. I I thought that I was kind of that way too, except for I've seen recently I've actually had a few pretty decent chunks. The most recent was actually Red Dead. I think I played Red Dead for like seven hours one day, and then. Mass Effect 2, I think I played for a pretty good... I think I played that for like five or six hours, and then Uncharted as well. I think I actually beat Uncharted in like three days, didn't I? Yeah, it was quick. Yeah, so I'm I'm glad that I still am up to it, you know? I can still binge a little bit. Not like crazy, but... When you need to, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I still have it in me, so... I think I think my thing is I always end up you know getting home from work and wanting to watch a couple episodes of a TV show and then maybe read a book or something and then when I finally get around to popping in a game it's like eleven o'clock and if I play for five hours then I won't be able to go to work tomorrow so <laughs> the yeah. key you know? the key is find like a lazy Saturday man yes yeah that is a you can just crush some games on a lazy Saturday. Yeah. Well, I think over this weekend, this holiday weekend, I played like eight to ten hours of Red Dead. Um, you know, and I want to play more. Yeah. I need to yeah. get back on Red Dead. Yeah. I miss the I miss those days when I could just binge on stuff, where I, I could just be like, I'm going to do nothing today, but play this game until I can't stay awake anymore. Sure. <laughs> you know, sure. I totally miss those days because man, college was full of them. God. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's funny how you like, think you're busy in college and you're not. You're really yeah, I don't know not. what I did. Like, what really was I doing? Not. You were playing you know? games. But even then, like, I thought I was so busy, even though I had tons of time to play, like, every game I could ever want to play, I played in college. Yeah. And I still was like, man, I'm so busy. Like, <laughs> I had so much time. It was ridiculous. In college, I kind of regret wasting so much time playing Madden. Madden? That's what I, yeah. <laughs> I played a lot of NCAA 2005 in college. Yes, NCAA is really fun. <laughs> 2005 Man, you know was like a year, too. Yeah, I used to play NCAA, and then I would import my draft class and play a season of Madden and then repeat over and over again. <laughs> oh, I did like okay, five seasons of that. You would Voltron it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, And I regret doing that now. So, nice. Because I could have been playing games like... Beyond Good and Evil. And Shadow of the Colossus, yeah. Nice. Um, okay, well, moving on to video game news. What I was saying earlier, there's not a whole lot of video game news um, going on right now, but there was a couple of interesting kind of discussions that kind of went into more of like a meta discussion about gaming in general. Um, the first one, it's kind of the easiest one to tackle, would be uh, games as art, um, which has kind of been a tired, <laughs> kind of a tired thing going on since you know Roger Ebert all those years ago wrote. How how long ago was that that he wrote? No, it, it was it was literally like so. No, it, it actually was pretty recent. I think. I thought it was several years ago when he had first written. That well, maybe thing. it was, maybe he wrote a, something about it a couple years ago, but I don't know if you follow his stuff. Ever since he lost his jaw, he has been really getting into writing stuff online. So he's really present on Twitter. He blogs a lot, and so I think that's why it had a resurgence recently. Is because he wrote about video games again about a month or so ago. Well, yeah, it, it was like... It was 2006. It was, it's, according to the article, it's 2006 really? that he said he first expressed his opinion on video games. Yeah, because yeah, I remember maybe it being a while ago. 
And then I think you did it again more recently, off. like last year, towards the end, the second half of last year. I think he may have brought it back up. They yeah, use yeah, a reprint. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, but yeah. So there was, you know, there's there's all that discussion going on, and and I always find it so funny that gaming sites and gamers just react so harshly to it. Which I know, Anthony, that's one of your big things about it. Um, you know, like. It's just weird that people would latch onto that so much, but but yeah, the reason it's come back out recently is that he's actually not quite retracted his statement, but he's, he's kind of said like that he never should have said they could never be art, um, because who's who's he to say that the media would never achieve that? Uh, right, and he was he was kind of saying that you know I don't know enough about it. I shouldn't have opened my mouth about it. I don't know enough about the subject to talk to even talk about right, it. Right, because he was like, I, I would never review a movie if I haven't viewed the movie. So right, right. and my little rant and then i'll let you guys go because mine's really quick and easy um i don't see why gamers care so much i don't need somebody who's not even in our industry or even cares about it remotely to validate you know what i consider to be you know a fun hobby or whether it's art or not and i don't care if people see it as art or not they're fun games i want to play them um that's all that really matters if they're never considered art by other people who gives a fuck you know they can roger ebert can you know suck my big toe like it, it doesn't matter what he thinks. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It, if if, if games are fun, play them. That's all that matters. Not every not every hobby you have to have has to be like held up like as like oh, like something amazing, you know? Yeah, it's they well, have it's almost zombies in them. <laughs> well, it's almost <laughs> like how people react when like you know people that write fan fiction freak out. You know, if if you don't take it as seriously as they do. Uh, I, I tried to get into an argument with people about fan fiction one time, and that was just not a good idea. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, again, it's did you? no, you got, never again. You got flamed, didn't you, Jeff? Uh, did you see it? I don't know. I yeah, I think I got it. Yeah. It was yeah, on John Scalzi's website, right? Yeah, because basically John Scalzi. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's familiar with John Scalzi. He's a sci-fi author, and for one of his recent books, he, he ba- wrote basically fan fiction. Of an, uh, he wrote his own version of a story from 50 years ago. And so in the, the comments section, I, I sort of tried to talk about that. And there are some people that are very passionate about their, the fact that their fan fiction is art. And I think that's kind of a, a similar corollary to video games. For some reason, Ebert's article really riled people up. and they Struck started a nerve. Saying, Struck a nerve, and they started saying really like nasty things about him, and saying that they'll never take him seriously ever again. And I'm just like, what? this was a, a random opinion piece on the guy's blog. I mean, I feel like, Mr. You know, Ebert, you will never be the deciding factor of whether I see the new Matthew McConaughey movie or not again. <laughs> I mean, I, like me, me per, like full disclosure, Ebert is one of my personal heroes because some of his movie reviews, like. There's a reason he has a Pulitzer Prize for his movie criticism. Like the the man can write and and he he can make a bad review entertaining. Like some of his most entertaining reviews are when he has like hates a movie completely. But I don't know. He also has this ability to really be, bring out the transcendent and great movies. And so I feel like it's strange that people are just like having this knee jerk reaction to something that was basically just kind of like a you know, hey, this is what I kind of think. It's on my blog. And he and he's an older guy too. I mean, it'd be the same as yeah. like you know your your dad or your grandpa being like, I don't understand them video games. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's yeah. so it's just funny. Like it's just one 
guy that's not part of that that culture making a comment on it, and it's weird that people reacted so crazily to it. Yeah, well, I think the, I think the thing with that is, sorry, Jeff. I think the thing with that is, is it's not just one guy or your grandpa. It's like Roger Ebert. I that's mean, true. He is. He has he has been a like a moving force in the uh, movie industry for a long time, and like I don't know, maybe people think that if he likes video games, it'll lend some air of legitimacy to our hobby. Probably. Not that it needs it, in our I opinion. Think, but, I think like, that's what. Well, I think, but I think that there is this kind of battle that that gamers have all the time with legitimate those who are about with being <laughs> legitimate. I don't know. What, I don't know what happened to my mouth there. Again, um, in English. Right, but I mean, I think that that's a that's always a battle. It's like, you know, hey, th- you know, I sp- I put so much time and effort and money into this thing. I want you to think that it is legitimate, that it is a, a real art form or a real medium, you know, and it's not just something that kids play. And and okay. I think well, that that if if he would have said like, hey, video games can be art, then yes, it legitimizes it. Well, let right, me ask you. Th- let me ask you this question real quick. You know, um, like Warhammer miniatures and stuff. Just as a thing, like people do that. They spend a lot of money on it, and they spend a lot of time on it. Is that art? No, because eventually they have to. They have to put it together. They have to paint it. They have to make it. They have to present it. So, is that art? Mm, I mean, see, I that's know. the thing. They they like it and they enjoy it. Doesn't matter if it appears to be art to someone else. Yeah, gamers they, are basically... If they value it for something, then it's art to them. They're insecure. They're seeking validation. It's the same way. It's the, it's like fanboyism. It's like, you know, I am a big fan of the Xbox 360 or the PS3 or the Wii. I need you to think the same thing so it validates my own insecurity about what I like. And what I spent money on. What I spent money on and what... It, that's exactly what it is. Like, I need you to feel, you know... I, I saw an article on, I, I think it was io9, and it said... That someone had said, Cliff, Cliffy B said that Mass Effect is this generation's Star Wars, and then some blogger was like agreeing with him or whatever. As much as, and I haven't finished playing Mass Effect, so I don't really want to pass judgment. I think he said that about Gears. Or was no, it no, some no, guy no, some no, guy said the Lancer is this generation's chainsaw? No, that was a different, this generation's lightsaber. Sorry, that was a different thing. No, no, he's, this, I know, I just read this like earlier today. It was, uh, he was talking about Mass Cliffy B said that about Mass Effect, and then a blogger was. Wait, one or two? My bad. Just, both, I think there's the series. series. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, I, you know, I haven't finished playing Mass Effect One, but I highly doubt it. You know, like that it will have the same kind of impact that Star Wars has. I remember when some people were saying the Matrix was this generation Star Wars. You know, and look how that turned out. So <laughs> I just I have a hard time when when people try to, you know, paint things in in that kind of way. Like, why can't Mass Effect just be? Mass Effect. Why does it have to be this gener? You know, why does it have to be like the video game equivalent of Star Wars? Why can't it? Everyone always tries to bring, you know, video games into like compare it to other things. Like, you know, oh, where's this? Where's video games version of Citizen Kane? Why can't video games just have their own thing and not worry about what everyone else is doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I almost. Go ahead, Nick. Well, I was just gonna say real quick. I yeah, I I think it's stupid to say Matrix is this generation Star Wars because. Matrix is this generation's Matrix. Like yeah. it, exactly. it is exactly its own, and it in in its own right is. If you go back and watch Matrix, it still holds up. I mean, it is a it is a what I consider to be a classic film. It's classic filmmaking. It's even though it's all this future technology, it's a classic film. Um, right. And yeah, so I'm with you on that. I that you don't need to always refer something, but at the same time, that's how people. 
that's how people like relate Contextual. and quantify yeah. and like that's how they they oh, take in the big picture they're like oh okay i understand this and you're telling me it's like this so i understand that now right so yeah no i understand it's just it's one of those annoying things it's like why just let it be what it is you know like oh this is the new harry potter you know whatever you know book series is coming out it's like just chill you know let it let it be its own thing and yeah. i and i don't think that and just talking about the matrix the matrix couldn't be this generation of star wars because for me like this is a very this is a minor thing and I'm, you're gonna think i'm a nerd for this but it's r-rated and it's super violent and star wars was a very like well yeah star wars, star wars was, was for was a, kids yeah it was for well it, it was a family thing star wars was a it cultural was for everybody. phenomenon yeah yeah exactly everybody like star trek was always kind of nerdy you know like oh it was a little fringe but star wars was like everybody loved star wars and you know Everybody loved the Matrix, but not everybody did love the Matrix. You know what I mean? And right. in terms of just looking at Mass Effect, not everybody in the country loves Mass Effect. You know what I mean? Like, not even all video game players like Mass Effect. So, you know, just to to, to quantify, Mass Effect is, from what I understand, is awesome. Like the little bit of I've played of it, I really like. But it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to, you know, like you say, quantify it in that way. And it can still be considered art, but it doesn't necessarily have to be compared to this other thing. Like, who was it? Was it the Penny Arcade guys? They said that, you know, music and visuals and writing, all these things are art, but when you put them into a video game, somehow now they're not art. Yeah, yeah if, hundred, if hundreds of artists create art for three years, is the end result not also art? Exactly. Yeah. And, so, well, the whole thing, I mean, to go back to it, I mean, if you look at the definition of art, right, it's skill and imagination to create a visually and emotionally powerful work. If that's your definition of art, how was then video games not art? I was well, moved by zombies ate my neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my my one thing is that I kind of feel like I do agree with part of his argument in that um, there are certain kinds of art that have, I guess, an authorship to them where the storyteller is telling you a specific story that you're experiencing and you're talking about interactive the theory. Kind of, although the auteur theory is kind of bullshit. I mean, because every, well, every every movie is made by hundreds of people. Yeah, so. yeah, I, I totally agree with you in that. In that, but there's aspect. there still is kind of like an authorship. But there is, yeah. I mean, yeah, there is. Like, I mean, right, you cannot deny that decides what goes. You yeah, cannot deny that George Lucas's baby. You know what I mean? Right. 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 You cannot so, yeah, deny so that I, Wes Anderson films feel like Wes Anderson films, even though yes. He has a certain, you know, cinematographer, and you know he has grips and you know gaffers and PAs on right. crew. And I mean, yeah, it's. A, 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 I heard a great thing that a director is like a general of an army. You know, he right. doesn't. He yeah. doesn't go and kill everybody on the other side, but he he moves everything where it needs to be. And so, yes, yeah. I, I agree with you, especially like knowing the business kind of. Yeah, it's thousands of people that make a movie. It's why movies cost so much to fucking make. But um, but at the same time, there is, with certain people... Now, with a lot of directors, yeah, I'll give it to you that it's just they're just a director. But there are certain people that really hold on to everything. Like we were talking uh, earlier about Robert Rodriguez and Predators. Like, Robert Rodriguez... First of all, he, like, scores his own movies, edits his own movies. I mean, he does everything. 
So does like Spike Lee. Uh, but there is that there. And this is true that you can't quite have that on a video game because, I mean, there's so much more involved in like coding and designing and all that stuff. And li like you just can't manage all that stuff. You kind of just got to, you literally hand it off to everybody else and you just kind of, but there are Cliffy B games that are Cliffy B and they have yeah. a Cliffy B feel to them. And there are games that are Carmack games and the, or I Kojima. mean, I think Kojima, Kojima. Yeah. yeah. Or Will Wright. Or, yeah, will, or especially, know. especially Will Wright. Or, um, uh, Sid Meier. Well, yeah, yeah, Sid Meier, of course. And what's his name? Dude oh, from Lionhead. God, I'm just... Well, Peter Molyneux? There's yeah. also Peter Molyneux, but... <laughs> Are you talking about Michael Ansel, the guy that Raymond and, um, and uh, Beyond Good and Evil and all that? No, what's his name? And I'm, God, I'm an idiot now because I can't remember his well, name. Well, so Tim, the, Schaefer, the, Tim Schaefer, Tim Schaefer, Tim yeah. Schaefer. Oh, yeah, Tim Schaefer. Yeah, definitely. Well, so, yeah, I, I guess we're kind of agreed that there are, def there, there are definitely, like, I guess, iconoclasts of design in video games. Mm -hmm. I guess my, my question was... His point was that if the author of the story has a specific end game in mind or specific emotional points that you're supposed to hit, does it take away from that if you can control the character and not hit those points or get a happy ending when the the preferred ending is a sad ending? I mean, Heavy Rain being an example almost, you know? Like, does that really work as art if you can't get the story that the author wanted to tell? Yeah, I think that that's where it gets a little tricky sometimes, like for certain games. Because, yeah, like if, if the player can direct but can't, a story... But can't that then, be part of the art? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just feel because like... Because then you're, you're, you're talking about what a lot of filmmakers talk about. It's the processes and the journey, not the destination. So. Well, see, part, part of my thing is I feel like, in a way... I almost want to say like artistic statements and enjoying a video game could be at cross purposes. Like just because I feel like my, the reason I want to play a video game is to have fun, but there are movies that I might watch like Schindler's list or, you know, the pianist or I don't know, dancer in the dark. Those aren't fun movies to watch. You know, you don't watch those to go escape from yourself. You, you go, you might watch them to experience an emotion or to learn about history, but so that's the thing. I feel like there, there are these other tones that you can experience with art where video games should be fun. And that's kind of what you talked about with Metal Gear Solid 2 though, Eddie, like that was, your yeah, point. I mean, I mean, love it or hate it. I thought it was an interesting, uh, you know, on the gamer Sushi the other day for anyone that may have missed it, that I put an article up that, Years ago, someone wrote about Metal Gear Solid 2, and then the point of it was to that he argued that the point of the game was to actually make you feel as displaced as Raiden felt in the game, and to make you feel as frustrated because you weren't getting to be Solid Snake, because Raiden, story-wise, wasn't getting to be Solid Snake, because that's how he had done his missions. He had actually experienced his training the same way you experienced Metal Gear Solid 1, that essentially he had played Metal Gear Solid 1 as a training mission, um, and that the game was purposely frustrating you because you're not getting to be that and that he thought he was going to get it, get to be that also. So you're sharing Ryan, Ryan's frustration that he's not solid snake and you're, you're feeling mad that he's not solid snake also. Um, and, and I just thought it was a very interesting argument and it kind of goes against the idea of, you know, like, cause some movies aren't meant 
for quote unquote like enjoyment in the sense of being a thrill ride or whatever, you know, like Schindler's List, you're like, sweet Schindler's List. Yeah, where's you know? the popcorn? Yeah. Um, that that maybe some video games could do the same thing. I mean, if the interactivity is designed to make you feel frustrated, you know, and if it maybe achieves that, you know. Well, as a quick example, um, when I was playing Red Dead Redemption with you last night, Eddie, there was this one part where you can, uh, a random encounter where you can save someone from being hanged. And in this case, I had to help a guy save his wife. And I failed, and the end result was he sat down, he, the guy kneeled down next to his wife and just started sobbing, and this music came up, and it actually made me feel sad that I had failed uh, this guy in helping him save his wife. So just a small part of the game had made me feel sad that I had failed in my role. So, I mean, that alone is enough for me to cast Red Dead Redemption as art, in a sense, because it made me feel something that I didn't expect. Well, yeah, the, I right. mean, the, the, the big thing I wanted to bring up is, is Bioshock. I mean, I know I always bring it up, but, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it's fun, like you were saying, Jeff, like, it's fun to kill big daddies and to use plasmids and all this stuff, but the big thing that happens in the game, I mean, that moment to me was so powerful and completely worked and it only works in that medium and because you have to be able to control the character for it to have the same weight as it does in that game but i mean that is that was as heavy as things that i watch on tv or read in a book or watch movies i mean it had the same emotional impact that those things do you know, I, I almost want to say that, like, it, a lot of the games that we talk about that feel like art to us are ones that deconstruct video mm-hmm. games, like Bioshock. Yeah. Doesn't Shadow of Colossus, basically the point of Shadow of Colossus, that you're, you're doing what you do in a video game and you find out that it has horrible consequences? Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. how Port- Portal plays with, you're in the test chambers and this is how you're yeah. supposed to play the game, and yeah. then to actually win you have to break out of the game yeah and, and defeat the the computer that has been telling you what to do exactly it almost seems like all those examples of games that we can come up with as art our game are, are meta or they're, yeah, they're well, about it's, it's postmodern, like we, like i was talking about yeah. earlier i mean that's it's it's the process of art of all art of what writing did what movies did all art is goes along this path and eventually reaches what is considered postmodern. And that's kind of, I think, where we are with video games now, even though we reached it much quicker than a lot of art forms did. Um, I, I think that's where we are now, and I think that because we are at that point and we are uh, experiencing something that you normally would experience in literature or in film, I think that now we can, I mean, I think we could say that it, it is an art form. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely going through its time in the fire, that's for sure. But I just hope that once video games finally reach the uh, cultural zenith to be accepted, that the next thing that comes along, we're not so stodgy in uh, seeing that it has merits as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, we will be because the same people who were listening to the Beatles back, you know, when they first <laughs> came out, are the same people who are saying like, "What is this Lady Gaga shit? This is an art. This is, you know, this is crap." People hate on whatever's new when they're older. So 20 years from now, we'll be like, what is that? The Connect 4? That's uh, stupid. I don't, 
I don't even mean to say Connect 4. Let's say Connect 6. Yeah, I'm like, wait, I Connect 4 is really fun. <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> totally pretty, pretty sneaky, sis. <laughs> pretty sneaky, bro. I would love to play some Connect 4 right about now. That's no, but because like, no, I just I, hope like 20 years from now we remember that we had this conversation <laughs> and that we can apply it. But yeah, we <laughs> we'll, we'll, all yeah. Be, we'll all be heads in jars. So You know, you know what's great God, about I Connect hope. 4 is at the end, it sometimes makes a beautiful pattern and it's art. There you go. Uh, I would like to say real quick, I, I, I was actually, a lot of people aren't getting, giving Roger Ebert enough credit for actually owning up to and saying, you know what, I should have never talked about this, you know, because I thought yeah. He, yeah. he handled it in a very gracious way. Yeah, yeah, he did. He wasn't being, okay, fine, you're right, I shouldn't have opened my mic, but, you know, he, he was being pretty, you know, like, hey, he was leaving open the possibility, you know, which I mean, is, he, was, um, he explained his perspective, like he said, you know, this is my perspective, I admit that I'm not going to play a video game to change my perspective, but I also understand that I should not have tried to make any kind of authoritative point. You know, it, I think that's the funny thing. Like, he probably writes his blog not thinking that people give it as much authority as like his movie reviews. Yeah, that's true. And he's probably starting. Yeah, no, totally, exactly. He was humble enough to admit that he made a mistake because he probably mm-hmm. doesn't realize how much uh, weight his opinion carries. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, that's probably part of it is that he was thinking, oh, in this fear over here, I can just write whatever and and just be sort of casual about it and then <laughs> shit hit the fan. Yeah. Anytime yeah. that he, you know, says something, though, if anybody, like, you know, signs up for his blog to leave a comment, just mention Beyond the Valley of the Dolls and that'll shut him up. <laughs> that's actually, I haven't seen that movie, but there's more to it than just tits. <laughs> really? But yes. not a lot. <laughs> all right well i think on that note <laughs> also wait, while, wait, I, wait, while I'm noting, hold on uh, then i take it back roger is also <laughs> video games suck but yeah <laughs> i'm also noticing that red lobster biscuits is a trending topic on twitter right now i don't understand why <laughs> well because they're you know freaking what? delicious eddie <laughs> and i go on like yahoo.com you know, it'll say like trending out, I guess, what people are searching for, maybe what stories they're clicking on. I don't know how it works, but I'll see like random celebrity names that I haven't seen in years. And I'm like, oh shit, who died? You know? Yeah. So it always makes me nervous when I see someone's name up there. So maybe Red Lobster Biscuits all turned out to be poisonous. I don't know. We can hope. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. One, one thing I did want to say, uh, Roger Ebert's commentary on Citizen Kane, the DVD, is mm-hmm. one of the best things I've ever listened to in my life so i just wanted to just throw that out there nice, nice. all right well i think we're gonna wrap it up at that we didn't get to hit on a couple of other things but that's okay we hit on everything else uh, <laughs> in the world <laughs> so, and then you, did, wife, you did a podcast just... that's quite an achievement <laughs> thanks mitch <laughs> mitch is fired this will be the last time you ever hear this canadian folks <laughs> yeah, I, thought right. the, I thought the other last time was the last time <laughs> this time I mean it. I'm an American. I get things done eventually. <laughs> but yeah, my yeah, wife's standing behind me that. calling me a nerd. So I think <laughs> wrap this up. You are a nerd. So tell her, she tell her you're going to go play some her. RDR. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, if you guys, um, if you guys would, if you listen to this podcast and you think it's as awesome as we, you should go on iTunes and rate it uh, positively. Not negatively. Um, <laughs> you should go on iTunes and rate it because um, that'd be pretty cool. And yeah, it'd be it'd be pretty awesome for you to do that. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's uh, twitter.com slash gamersushi. And uh, if you want to follow me on twitter.com slash Eddie Rivas. Uh, I'm 
I totally went blank there. I'm uh, Anthony Taylor underscore uh, at, at Anthony Taylor underscore. Uh, I'm uh, at unsquare. And I'm at Mitch with a seven instead of a T. And I am at Nick Camardo. All right. And that was our super long podcast.